Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is our open spoiler discussion of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, in case the title doesn't give it away perfectly clearly, this is an open spoiler discussion of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which means if you have not yet seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, you may want to just add this video to your favorites list and come back a little bit later after you've seen the movie. Otherwise, you've been warned. This is an open spoiler discussion. So here's what we're going to do today, guys. We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about my impressions of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and, and all of its spoilery goodness. And then we're going to take the majority of the time to take your live comments and questions, thoughts, observations, theories, whatever. If you'd like to get a thought, observation, theory, or question fired in, simply use the Super Chat feature. Now, I'm going to let you know, we already have over 120 pages of Super Chats that have been sent in. So I'm only going to leave the super chats open for another couple of minutes and then we're going to turn it off or else we're going to be here you know until thursday so yeah there's so there's that so if you'd like to send something in go ahead and send something in and we'll get to that once we get around to it so let's think things started off here by with my impressions of dark strange the multiverse madness now i want to first mention that i like this movie i liked it i don't think it's a top 10 uh, MCU movie. I don't think it's a bottom 10 MCU movie. I think it fits right there in the middle with films like, I don't know, uh, uh, let's say, uh, like I said, Ant-Man is a movie that I love. You know, the right kind of right there in the middle. Not one of the bottom 10 ones, although even a lot of the films in the bottom 10 of the MCU are still pretty darn good. Uh, not in the top 10, but I put it somewhere in the middle there. There are some really great strengths with the movie. There are a couple of really dizzying question marks I have about the movie, like things that didn't quite work with me uh, so much. But we'll, we'll talk about those here. First, let me talk about, the, let me get the negative out of the way, okay? Because you know me, I like to focus on the positive. So let's let's get the negative out of the way first, okay? So we can focus more on the positive stuff. Um, I found the movie had a pacing issue because I thought the first 20 minutes of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness were incredible. Like they showed us the first 20 minutes over at uh, CinemaCon that we were at in Vegas and I absolutely loved it. Like the first 20, 25 minutes of this movie were fantastic and bonkers. And even after that point, like I'd say for the first 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, as we're getting to know America Chavez, we're getting a lot of the Doctor Strangeisms. I love the scene of him being at um, uh, at the wedding. I love the whole action sequence with the one-eyed monster. I love everything about America Chavez. I love them. Like uh, the conversation, can I just say the conversation in the diner with uh, Wong, Strange, and America Chavez. And she's like, this one doesn't speak Spanish? I mean, I just love that we say, it's like, do you mind if you take a picture? No, yes, don't avoid the question or whatever. The I, I love that scene. I thought it was great. Um, I loved everything about it. Now, once they, and, and I love the introduction of Wanda and all that kind of stuff, and then the realization that Wanda is indeed the villain of the film. By the way, who said in their WandaVision open spoiler discussion after the final episode, who said Wanda is going to be the villain of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. She's going to be corrupted by the Darkhold, and it's going to be her trying to destroy Multiverse and trying to get her kids and all that kind of stuff. Who said it? Who said it? 
This guy said it. Now, of course, let me preface that by also saying this guy said, no way Kevin Feige brings an inhuman into this movie. No way Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige does not want to touch the inhumans. Black Bolt will not be on the Illuminati. Well, guess what? Black Bolt was on the Illuminati. So so if I'm going to gonna give myself a little pat on the back about calling the Wanda thing, I got to call myself out for the Black Bolt thing. Got that one completely wrong. So he was definitely there. Uh, at least for a cameo, and I liked his cameo very much. We'll talk about that in a bit. So um, the opening bit, I thought, worked great. Um, the uh, A lot of this other stuff worked great. I thought the action was fantastic. I love the magical and the mystical. Uh, but here's the thing that really got me. Once you get into the second act of the film, like once they start busting through the different realities that we see in the trailer, right? Like as they're busting through the mirrors of the different realities, once we get to that point and like for the next like 20 minutes until they're standing in front of the Illuminati, to me, it was a real, like, don't get me wrong. I don't need a big combat, combat sequence every five minutes, right? I don't need a big combat action sequence every five minutes, but the pacing completely screeched to a halt, like walking around with this, what do they call this one? Reality 818. I can't remember what they call this one. And so, oh, look at the vegetation. Blah. Can I just say too, I thought the Bruce Campbell cameo was terrible. And I was really, don't. and I'm not saying I didn't want a Bruce Campbell cameo. I did. I love the Bruce Campbell cameos idea. I just thought this one was really lame and it felt completely out of place for this movie. And by the way, the post-credit scenes were awful. The post-credit scenes in this movie were terrible. Okay, yay, Clea's there. But it did nothing to give new context to the movie we just saw, and it did nothing to give us context for what might be to come. Just a random, hey, you caused an incursion. Come with me. And it's like, all right, really? And then the final post credit scene where it's just Bruce Campbell punching himself. Hey, it's over. Uh, other than Morbius, which are the worst post credit scenes I've ever seen. I think the post-credit scenes in this movie are amongst the worst I've ever seen. I mean, I really, seriously, like when the Bruce Campbell one happened, I'm like, really? I sat through seven minutes of, of uh, credits for this? This is what I sat through seven minutes of credits for? Anywhere's that. But here's the biggest question mark to me, okay? The biggest question mark for me and the big pro the biggest problem I had with the movie, uh, big pacing issues, thought the post-credit scenes were terrible. My biggest problem, though, that made no sense to me was the absolute lack of vision. And by, I don't mean foresight. I mean the character vision. Because when you go back to WandaVision, as it turns out, the whole impetus for her taking over the town and creating this mass illusion was that so she could have vision back, right? That's what the whole series was. And part of that, she created this these two fantasy children that weren't real, but she created these two fantasy children as a part of her life with vision. In this movie, she even talks to Stephen says, don't you talk to me, Stephen Strange, about sacrifice. I blew a hole in the head of the man I love, and it was for nothing. So tell me this, if she can now open different realities, why is zero part of her motivation trying to find vision or a new version of vision. Like, like I'm, I, I get it. Motherhood is something, right? And so I get that maybe the primary push for her was the kids. I get that. I get that. 
But the fact that in nowhere in her calculations in her head, nowhere in her motivations at all, not a single peep of it was vision. The, the entire reason WandaVision happened in the first place. Now, you can say she came to peace with the fact that she lost vision in WandaVision. Okay, you can say that. But now she's completely obsessing again. She's corrupted by the Darkhold. At some point, she wants to get her life back, which raises another question. Which raises another question. Who's the father of these two kids in all these multiple universes? Huh? Who's the dad? Because I'll tell you who the dad isn't. The dad's not Vision. Because Vision can't father children. So, so I'm just curious, these two kids who look completely identical in every single one of those alternate visions that she, in those ultimate realities that she saw, they looked exactly the same. So my question is, who's the dad? Who's the sperm donor? And every, because it has to be the exact same person, because in every single one, she goes, yes, actually, I have children in every other reality. And she brings up all the red spheres of reality. And in every single one of them, those two kids looked exactly effing alike. They looked exactly like in that reality, as they did in that reality, as they did in that reality. So that must mean logic must dictate that the sperm donor, the sperm donor must be the same guy. And I see some people saying in the chat, well, no, no, John, she created those kids in the, alter in the alternate reality. No, she didn't. The, the kids in the other realities were real. The kids in this reality in WandaVision were only a fantasy. They weren't even real flesh and blood. They were just a fantasy. So as soon as she turned off the fantasy land, Vision disappeared and they just disappeared because they were never real. In all those other realities, they're real. But she, there's no Vision. She never looks for a vision. Vision's not a part of her life in any of those other realities. And there's no sperm donor. So anyway, just it's little details like that. It's little details like that, that I really wish they'd given a little bit of attention to. Because a lot of it's just like, okay, so uh, why she's still clearly obsessed about vision. Which is like, I blew a hole in the head of the man that I love. So why are you looking for him? Oh, I'm over it. I mean, that that just made no sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So for me... Those are the biggest problems with the movie. The, the pacing of the second act, which was felt way out of step with the rest of the movie. Uh, the post credit scenes were terrible. And the whole lack of any explanation about how are these kids real in all the other realities when they weren't real here? And why is there absolutely zero percentage of her motivation trying to incorporate vision from another reality as well? When you look back at... You know, the events of WandaVision, these are things that should have at least been addressed, even if it was just addressed in a quick 15 minute piece of dialogue, 15 minute, 15 second piece of dialogue. Even if there was just a 15 second piece of dialogue to kind of explain that, it would have sat better with me. But for me, it, it, it stayed as a giant America Chavez star shaped gap plot hole uh, in the movie for me. And, and that really bothered me. Okay. Let me talk quickly about the things that I really liked. And then I want to spend the vast majority of our time taking your comments and questions that you guys sent in. So here's 
here are the things I really loved about it. I thought the action was top-notch. I, I thought the action was really great. It was really neat seeing Steven in hand-to-hand -hand combat, because you know if he's living in this monastery, they're also teaching him how to fight hand-to-hand -hand combat. So it was kind of cool to see him and Mordo fighting hand-to-hand. -hand. Um, let me just say this right now. I loved the Illuminati. Loved the Illuminati. And I, let me say this, and this is going to be a little bit controversial, and I know it's going to ruffle some feathers the wrong way. But, but it is nonetheless the way I see it. I've seen some people commenting, man, the Illuminati was wasted. And I, and I asked somebody, like somebody who said that on tour, I said, well, what do you mean they were wasted? Well, they just weren't in it enough. But the, the movie wasn't called the Illuminati. The movie wasn't about the Illuminati. They had a function to play in the movie. They played that function. And then the movie went on with what the movie was actually about. See, see here's my thing. With the Illuminati, a lot of people thought, we needed more of the Illuminati. No, we didn't. We absolutely did not need any more of the Illuminati. Because here's the thing. They were a plot device. The Illuminati in this movie were a plot device. A plot device to accomplish a couple of key things. Number one, they had to give the explanation about the Stephen Strange in this universe. And this was important for the character development of our Stephen Strange. In this movie, one of Stephen's journeys is understanding himself better. That's one of the big key things about this movie as we go from the beginning of the movie to the end is that Stephen understands a little bit more about himself, his weaknesses. Right from the beginning when he's in the uh, wedding um, and she says to him, you know, you're the one who's always got to hold the knife. And I respected you for it, but I couldn't love you for it. And as these, you progress through the movie, the Illuminati were there to also create a new illustration that, hey, Stephen, this tendency you have can lead you to making some really bad decisions. And so they were a plot device to help Stephen in his own personal journey through this movie of understanding himself. And that becomes very important later on in the film. The second big function that the Illuminati plays is to give a great demonstration of Wanda's power because we see that this Illuminati, they took out Thanos. They didn't need to get the gauntlet away from him. They didn't need to do, I am Iron Man. Yoink. They didn't need to do that. They just, the Illuminati just stood up, fucked him up and killed him. And so it was cool that we saw Wanda earlier in the film attacking Karmataj and that's that's fine. Um, and that worked. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. That worked. It really did. But you needed to really get a grasp of just how immensely unstoppably powerful Wanda was. You needed something bigger. Well, what about the collection of characters that also killed Stephen Strange in another universe and took out Thanos on their own? So to have that happen. So these are two important plot progression devices that the Illuminati were there to serve. And to me, the idea that they should have been in more, they were wasted. To me, do you guys remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? For those of you who've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, I can't remember. the. Let me ask you guys in the live chat. What was the name of the, the one Nazi? You know, the, the guy with the glasses who picked up the headpiece of the Staff of Raw and got the Staff of Raw burned into his hand. Uh, what was that? Guy? If you guys remember in the live chat what that guy's name was, uh, let me know uh, what his name. Tot? Was that his name? No, no, it wasn't Belloc. That was his, that was his main enemy. The, the, that was the, uh, the French uh, guy. Well, Tot. Everybody's saying his name was Tot. Okay, Tot was his name. That's like saying, 
oh man, we needed more of Tot. We didn't. Under, where did Tot come from? How come Tot was so was so um, high up ranking in the Nazi Party? Why was he entrusted? We needed to know all this stuff. No, we didn't. We needed him to simply further the story and the plot for a couple of other characters and to keep the story moving. We didn't, the movie wasn't about him. We didn't need to go more into his background. So I got to say, with all the complaints that I have about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I actually thought the Illuminati and the use of the Illuminati was fantastic. It really, <laughs> I see what I said there. Fantastic. No pun intended. Uh, I just, there's no off position to the hilarious switch. No off position on the hilarious switch. Anyway, so I thought the Illuminati was fantastic because, man, the pop my theater got when Lashana Lynch was there as Captain Marvel, when we had Captain Britain there, or sorry, Captain Carter, I should say, the huge pop, even a bit of a pop. You could tell who knew what was up when when the guy I said would absolutely not be there, when Black Bolt was there, big pop, and obviously the biggest pops, John Krasinski. Um, as Reed Richards, uh, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. By the way, did you guys notice? Now, you might have missed it when because the audience was cheering a lot. But when you hear, we should tell him the truth. And then you just see the hand on the floating chair coming by. If you listen really closely, they actually play the musical notes of the old X-Men animated show theme. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Just a couple of notes, just a couple of bars. But they played that, and that, that got me in the old nostalgia feels. That got me in the old nostalgia feels right there. That felt pretty good. So, yeah, I, I quite frankly, I get a lot of the criticism that a bunch of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is getting. I totally do. I agree with a lot of it. But the criticism about the Illuminati stuff, I just don't get. Because to me, that's just a criticism saying you were looking for a different movie. Because this was not Doctor Strange and the Illuminati of Madness. This was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse and the Illuminati were there as a plot device, just like Tot was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, to help further a couple of the main narrative points. And they did it. And once they did weren't needed anymore, whoosh, they were gone as they should be. And then they moved on with the movie without. So I, I really like that. I really did like the climax. I love the idea that, you know, the this zombie Doctor Strange we saw in the trailer, we thought that was going to be a villain. Well, that was actually our hero, Doctor Strange. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was dark and warm. By the way, I am a little bit surprised, especially after watching it for a second time. I liked it a little bit more the second time I saw it, that I think there could have been an argument made for this movie being rated R. I thought there could have been an argument for this movie to be rated R. Um, so, I mean, I, I know. I, and listen, this movie is not for kids. We came out of the theater. There was a couple there who watched our show and they had their little one with them. And they said, yeah, he was a little bit freaked out by Wanda. And it's too bad because the little kid has his Wanda doll with his Wanda figure. He had a Wanda figure and a Doctor Strange figure. And like he didn't want the Wanda figure anymore. It's like, yep, this one's a little dark. Maybe for the youngins. Um, I get that. So, yeah. But by the but let me just sum up saying this. The absolute best part of this movie for me was Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda. It it was fantastic. And I know there are some people who are upset that they made Wanda go bad, but that is the logical per, per, that is the logical and most interesting progression for the character especially coming out of WandaVision. Like all the best supervillains 
they get their beginnings steeped in pain, right? We talked about this when WandaVision was on. The best supervillains are ones that that their origins are a baptism of pain. And Wanda was no different. Wanda is just somebody, we talked a lot about this in WandaVision. Wanda is just an individual who had life throw a lot of shit bombs at her. One shit bomb after another, after another, after another. And it culminates in like Infinity War, where she has to personally murder the, the, the man she loved. She had to kill the man she loved. That would traumatize anybody for life. Only then to see him brought back to life, have her sacrifice be for nothing and watch the man she loved murdered again, only this time in an even more horrific way. It was so much pain. It brought on the whole events of WandaVision where at the end, again, she has to give up the fantasy world that she lived in. She had to relive the loss of vision and now these imaginary kids. And she had to relive the loss of a brother because she thought her brother was back in there again too. And then it ended with her taking the Darkhold. The MCU already laid out to us what the Darkhold will do to you. And she was emerging herself in the Darkhold. She had embraced the personality of the Scarlet Witch because we see her at the end of WandaVision in the Scarlet Witch outfit. And this was her being the villain of this film was the only logical progression of her character. And the one that made the most narrative sense and the one that story-wise was by far the most interesting. Not to mention, you need to have a character that can legitimately be the foil for Doctor Strange. And there's not many characters that can do that, short of Dormammu or, or whoever else you want to bring in there. There's not a lot. This was the most interesting story to tell. It was the most logical progression of her character. This is why I called it last year that this is what who was going to be the villain of this film. It made the most sense, and I thought it played a great, and Elizabeth Olsen was awesome in it. Absolutely awesome. Loved her in it. So, yeah, there's that. Anyway, so again, for me, certainly a number of problems and a number of shortcomings, which I've already talked about in quite in great detail, not a top 10 MCU movie, not a bottom 10 MCU movie, but somewhere right in the middle there. Quite enjoyable. I had a good time. Like I said, Ann and I went back to watch it again for a second time. I liked it even more the second time. Um, but the, the problems, here's the thing. The problems didn't go away for me the second time. Like I watched the second times. Yep. Those problems are still problems for me, but I found that the parts I liked, I actually enjoyed a little bit more, uh, the second time around. So anyway, that's just me. Anyway, so those are my thoughts on Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness in kind of a spoilery way. Now we are going to spend the rest of our time hearing from you guys and what you guys thought about theorized about overall impressions of for Dr. Strange. So we're going to get things started off here. Let me start off here with, Oh my goodness. Did I lose it? No, there it is. Okay. So the first person we're starting off here with, give me one moment to get caught up. Uh, we are getting started here with, and by the way, guys, uh, about every 45 minutes to an hour, we're going to take a five minute break just so I can, you know, give my voice a little bit of rest because I got a feeling we're going to be going for three or four hours here. 
So where are we starting from? There it is. We're starting things off with 44Ron who writes, the horror elements worked in my opinion, had a blast. I agree 44Ron. I actually thought the horror elements were quite effective. Like once you got past the, the first two acts, it's really not until the third act of the film that the, the horror elements really start to go on. Wanda became horrifying. Like when she's got bloodied face and her eyes are red and she's limping from her battle with, you know, Captain Marvel and, and Captain Carter. And she's and she's chasing um, uh, Strange and everything down the underwater uh, tunnels and stuff like that. Like that shit was horrifying. They did a really good job with that horror stuff. And it was very, very Sam Raimi-ish. So I like that a lot. Okay. Next up, we got uh, Storm Trader who writes, Elizabeth Olsen was scary in this film. Absolutely. Like I said, there was a little kid with the family who came up to us afterwards and the kid was horrified, like absolutely a hundred percent horrified, like gave his, gave his toy, his Wanda toy back to his mom. Didn't want it anymore. He was too scared. I, I thought they played that great. All right. Joshua Mickle writes, uh, the multiverse is still here. Are we headed towards secret wars? RSM Kang, Dr. Doom, any other threats potentially still linger on? Uh, by the way, can I can I say one other thing? You brought up the multiverse is still here. The multiverse is still here. And for a long time, I thought they would use Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to close off the multiverse. And of course, a week last week, I told you guys that's not the case because Kevin Feige told us at CinemaCon that multiverse is now a tool in their belt that they can use moving forward. So clearly, they weren't going to close off the multiverse and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and they didn't. And I thought for a long time that they would. I will tell you this, you know me, I'm a hardcore MCU fan. I love the MCU. I don't love everything about the MCU, you know, uh, <laughs> Hawkeye and anyway, a couple other things, but I am, my patience with multiverse, I, I, I got to say is getting pretty thin. This whole no consequences, no ramifications, no stakes thing is wearing pretty thin on me. And I enjoyed Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I did. But if if everything just becomes about, now we're going to have eight visions of this character. We're going to have 32 versions of that character. We're going to have six versions of this character. That character dies, no problem. Just pull in the version of that character from another universe. I, I got to tell you, my, my patience for this as a fan is going to wear real thin real fast. I can already feel it a little bit. So I hope they start getting back. Now that they got the Multiverse of Madness kind of done, they establish that doing multiversal travel is very dangerous. It can cause incursions and destroy entire universes. I hope they get back to more, to just better storytelling without having to do a lot of multiversal bullshit. So I again, I'm, I'm not saying it didn't work for this movie. It did work for this movie. But I just hope they don't go back to that well too many times. So yeah, there's that, Joshua. All right, next up. Storm Trader writes, I think people should go in expecting a Sam Raimi horror flick and not so much the multiverse aspect. Overall, I had fun with this film. Yeah, but Storm Trader, you can't blame people for going in expecting a multiverse movie because the name of the movie is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, right? And this, 
Listen, I've heard some people criticize, wow, there wasn't much multiverse. What are you talking about? This whole movie was multiverse. I don't understand. Like, I get the criticisms about the pacing. I get the criticisms about some of the hokey dialogue. I get the criticisms about the post-credit scenes. I get, I get a lot. I understand a lot of the criticisms. The criticism I hear of some people saying, there wasn't enough multiverse. What the F are you talking about? This whole freaking thing was multiverse. So I'm not quite sure where that criticism is coming from. But, but yeah, you got to understand, Storm Trader, that... People were perfectly justified in expecting a multiverse film because the very name of the film was Multiverse of Madness. All right. Next up, Storm Traber also writes, also, uh, what the fuck was that ending? I mean, honestly, so the third eye opening, to me, that is just a physical representation to us in the audience that Doctor Strange was not immune to being touched by the Darkhold, Right. That's to, ultimately to me, that's what the third eye is about, is that that was just a physical representation to us as the audience that, yep, he got affected by the Darkhold. Alex Von Gollum writes, the evolution of the relationship between Strange and America reminds me of Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us. I, that, I agree with you, Alex. I agree with that completely. I felt that a lot too. That to me is one of the stronger aspects of the film, the Strange and America um uh, relationship and I like that character a lot so I think that's a really good analogy Alex also writes the evolution of the relationship uh, oh that was just the same thing liked it so much wrote it twice uh, orange hand writes funny how the world's smartest man would tell his opponent his strongest ally's strength uh, which allowed her to immediately counter it nice going read yeah but remember the scarlet witch is not in their universe her ability to reality warp is not something that they know about. However smart you are. And remember his primary thing, he was trying to de-escalate the situation. He's just basically saying, look, look, he can wipe you out. So can can we just take a breath here, please? Well, he had they had no way of knowing that her ability was to magically make his mouth disappear. There was no way they would have known that because again, in their universe, um, Wanda had not ascended to becoming the Scarlet Witch. This was not something that was known to them. So it, it to me, it made perfect sense because he was trying to de-escalate the situation. At least that's the way it was to me. All right, Storm Trader writes, besides Morbius, this film has the worst post-credit scenes ever. I just said the exact same thing. Again, Morbius is worse. I agree. Morbius had the worst post-credit scenes in cinematic history. I was so looking forward to that movie. Uh, they had the worst post-credit scenes in cinematic history. These might be the second worst. They might be the second, at least to me personally. I mean, I know they work for some other people and that's great, but to me, they were pretty bad. All right, Aiden Foley writes, really liked the film, though uh, thought Illuminati were kind of wasted though, to be honest. Everything, uh, everything the cameo said, Mordo and Christine could have said, but it's not about what they said. Because again, to me, if you're going there, again, let me reemphasize this for those of you who missed it a little bit earlier. To me, the Illuminati were not wasted at all. They were perfect for being a device in the movie. Remember, the movie is not called Doctor Strange and the Illuminati of Madness. It's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This movie is not about them. They shouldn't have gotten any more attention than they got. They were there to do two things. One, to explain the, the, the Doctor Strange situation in their universe so our Doctor Strange can gain a better understanding of himself and his personal journey through the movie. Now, yes, Mordo could have said that to him, but it would have meant something different coming from Mordo, Right? It would have been something different. Plus, he's not going to believe that Mordo was actually the one that could take him out. It had to be that collection that took him out. Secondly, they had to represent an unstoppable force that Wanda could take out that easy. 
because these are the people that took out Thanos in their universe without having to get the gauntlet. They just took him out. They killed him. And for Wanda to be able to march through them, that was their narrative function in this movie. And honestly, in my opinion, since the movie was not about them and they shouldn't, I don't personally, I don't think they should have wasted another second on them. I thought I, what they were there for, their narrative purpose was clear. They fulfilled their narrative purpose. I thought beautifully. And then the movie moved on from them. And, and, and in my opinion, that's exactly what should have happened to me. At any rate, that's just my opinion, Aiden. Thanks for giving me yours. All right, Aiden also writes, really like the film. Oh, I, again, I, it looks like it's doubling up some of these for some reason. Uh, okay, so uh, Seren, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name because I'll butcher it and I don't want to disrespect your name like that. Uh, Seren writes, Liked the movie, but didn't love it as much as the first one. Uh, Raimi, Horror, and Olsen was great. Wanted more from Strange. Also, Multiverse felt underused. I disagree with Multiverse felt underused. Like, right from the first act of the film when... Um, well, Ragnar, right from the beginning of the film, right? The very first scene of the movie is multiversal travel. And then as soon as America and, and Strange meet up, then they bust through the thing and everything after that is all in multiverse. So I disagree with that. But I do agree with you that I think the first Doctor Strange was the better movie. I think the first Doctor Strange, just my opinion, I think the first Doctor Strange was the better movie out of the two. But again, there were some real big highlights. I love the Raimi feel of this movie. I thought Elizabeth Olsen was fantastic. I thought it was a really interesting story. But yes, if you ask me, I agree with you. I think the first Doctor Strange was better. All right. Seren also writes, again, it doubled up. Not sure why it's doubling these up. Okay. Uh, Hero 75 writes, some find fault in how the Illuminati was taken down so fast. I see it as, the, as them underestimating how strong Wanda is. She did almost kill Thanos alone. And remember, that was before she was even the Scarlet witch remember that she almost took down thanos by herself now captain marvel also almost took down thanos by herself but wanda almost took down thanos by herself and that was before she had the dark hold that was before she embraced herself as the scarlet witch so i think them take her taking them down so quickly and remember the one she had the biggest problem with was captain marvel and it wasn't the Brie Larson. I have a feeling the Brie Larson Captain Marvel is more powerful than the Lashana Lynch Captain Marvel. But I think it was interesting that the one she had the most trouble with was Captain Marvel in that universe. So I thought that was interesting. So I thought they needed to show her being that powerful and taking them out. By the way, how gruesome was Black Bolt's death? Like that was, oh, that was horrifying. All right. Uh, Orange Hand writes, Still waiting for the true Mordo to return. Yeah, so the 616 universe, our universe, still waiting for Chiwetel Ejiofor and our Mordor to return. You know he will at some point. I do love that character, like, a lot, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. All right, next up, Aiden Foley writes, I love that Krasansky was uh, Reed Richards, though. Yeah, I did, too. I mean, the whole audience had this big, huge, wonderful pop. It was pretty cool seeing him in that role. All right, Al Renshaw writes, Do we honestly believe that Krasinski is truly dead? Uh, Feige would be giving the fans a big middle finger if he introduced Krasinski as Reed just to kill him. No, he wouldn't. And let me address this. Let me address this. I 1000% disagree with you. And I think it shows a real problem in fandom. Here's the thing. Is he really dead? Well, yes, the Reed Richards of that universe is dead. No doubt about it. That, that universe's Reed Richards is dead. But that doesn't mean that the Reed Richards in the 616 universe is dead. Again, one of the big problems of multiverse, no consequences. But 
But that doesn't automatically mean that John Krasinski will be the Reed Richards of our universe. And let me, let me address this here for a second. I've seen several people like yourself, Al, my film-loving brother, um, saying something like this. Oh, man, now John Krasinski isn't the Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four moving forward. That's a big F you to the fans. No, it's not. Just stop that. No, it is not. I, I don't understand this entitlement mentality that we fans often have. Like, here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of fans crying for John Krasinski as Reed Richards. So maybe that's not Kevin Feige's long-term plan. But it's that, you know what? We've got this Multiverse of Madness movie coming out. You know, I, I don't have John Krasinski as my Reed Richards for our franchise moving forward, but a lot of the fans would love to see him as that. You know what? Let's treat the fans. Let's give the fans a treat and let's have him pop up in Multiverse of Madness as the Reed Richards in another universe, right? So what happens? Instead of a bunch of fans going, thank you, Kevin Feige, for, for giving us that, that's cool. No, what do we as fans do? We become entitled little sucks, right? And and hey, listen, I'm concluding myself. I've done this too. You all have done this. We've all done this. This is a problem we all have, okay? Sometimes we can become entitled little sucks and then go, well, now you better give us John Krasinski and everything. So instead of saying, thank you, Kevin Feige, for giving us that, that treat, we've been wanting to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Thank you for giving us that. No, instead of doing that, we become entitled little sucks and we go, well, now you better give us this. Are you telling us, fuck you? No, we're not. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Snyder fans. By the way, I count myself as a Snyder fan. Have you heard me talk about Man of Steel? Anyway, but it reminds me a lot of the Snyder fans. Like, when Warner Brothers decided to, fine, we'll make the Snyder Cut, we will put up $70 million, even though we're not going to get a single dime of that back, we will put up $70 million so we can make the Snyder Cut and let you guys have it. Instead of saying, thank you, Warner Brothers, for doing that for us. We've been asking for this for a long time, and you didn't have to do it for us, but you did it. Thank you for doing that. No. What did fans do? They went... Well, now you better restore the Snyderverse, Warner Brothers, or fuck you. Like, like no gratitude. No, like, thank you for giving us the Snyder Cut. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to make it. You didn't have to put up 70 million extra dollars that you'll never see another dime of back from. You didn't have to do that, but you did it for us. Thank you so much. No, no gratitude, no thank yous. It was all fuck you, Warner Brothers, unless now you restore the Snyderverse. And I see that now happening in this fandom too, saying, instead of saying, thank you, Kevin Feige, for giving us that little treat of John Krasinski as uh, John Krasinski as, as uh, Reed Richards, I see now a lot of MCU fans now going, well, now fuck you, Kevin Feige in the MCU, unless you give us him as the permanent, you know, Reed Richards. I, I hate that. I hate that tendency that we as I, I exhibited this this too sometimes in some different with some different movie properties i do it too and i'm not comfortable with it i don't understand that mentality that fans have that we become entitled little babies myself included um i i don't like that at all and by the way kevin feige may very well have cast john krasinski to be the new reed richards he may have that's a, that's a very strong possibility but if he doesn't that's fine 
I'm sure whoever they cast to play Reed Richards, whether it's John Krasinski or not, is going to be pretty kick-ass in the role. Whoever they get to play Reed Richards is going to be pretty kick-ass in the role because Marvel has a pretty damn good track record of their casting. And it's going to be great and it's going to be wonderful. And, and I think the attitude we as fans should have is, hey, you didn't have to do that in Doctor Strange, but you heard us really saying it would be cool to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards and you gave it to us. Thank you. That should be our attitude. Not, you're saying fuck you to the fans unless you make it. We got to get past that. I, I, again, I just don't think that's a healthy thing for, for fandom. I don't think it's a healthy thing. I don't think it's a constructive thing for fandom. And you know all it does? It just makes studios not want to give fans little treats like that. Because Warner Brothers like, wow, we spent $70 million and made the Snyder Cut for you. And instead of gratitude, you guys just turned on us. Well, that's it. We're never going to screw the next restore whatever that people ask for. We're not going to do it because you'll just turn on us when we do it. It'll make Kevin Feige second guess whether to give these fun little treats that the fans have asked for. Because if we're just going to say, well, now that you've given us this little treat, you owe us to do more of that. Kevin Feige's in the future is going to go, nope, screw that. I did it before. And it's, they, the fans just turned around and bit us in the ass. So anyway, I know I've gone on that a long time, but again, I think that's a big, big problem with fan that we as fans have. And again, I include myself in this. And I think it's something we need to identify that we do and stop doing it because it's, we're only going to bite ourselves in the ass. Anyway. Okay. Next up. Uh, Chris Casico writes, what strange was your favorite? I, I like our strange, like defender. Strange was cool. The dark hold corrupted third eye in the head. Strange was cool. Like all that was cool, but I I'm a big fan of our Dr. Strange, Chris. All right. Derek large writes, I'm excited to see if Krasinski will direct F4. I have a feeling he might. I just hope he is able to work with the Marvel tone because uh, it's a very different tone from A Quiet Place. Again, I will say what Kevin Feige told me. When I asked Kevin Feige about getting um, James Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy, because I asked Kevin Feige, you remember, he was sitting right beside me and I said, Kevin, you know, I love James Gunn as a director and Kevin was sitting or James was sitting on the other side of me. I said, I love James as a director, but, you know, he's never done anything on this scale. His movies all feel a little bit different than what the MCU feels like and blah, blah. I said, what made you think he was the right choice to direct Guardians of the Galaxy? And Kevin Feige said this, a good storyteller is a good storyteller. It doesn't matter the size of the project or the tone of the project. Like Kevin Feige's belief is that Somebody who's a, who knows how to tell a good story can tell a good story, whatever the budget, whatever, you know, the, the, the style he believes a good storyteller can go into any other kind of movie and tell a good story. And John Krasinski has already shown that he can tell a good story. Now, I kind of think John Krasinski will direct Fantastic Four. I, I don't know that, and I'm not pinning all my hopes on it. But if he does, He's already shown me he can direct a really good story. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Thanks, Derek. Uh, Eduardo O'Neill writes, having Reed Richards was the biggest pop in the audience for me too. But after they all die, it just felt like empty calories. West was, rest was enjoyable. Again, I'm hearing a number of people say that, but I disagree. They fulfilled their main purposes for being in the movie. The development of Steven's understanding of his own, of his own self and the exhibition of just how powerful Wanda was. That was their role in the movie. And they fulfilled those two essential parts of the story. To me, those two, those two things were essential parts of the story. They fulfilled them. 
and then their story was done, and then they moved on from them. So that's just my take, but I respect yours, Eduardo. Thanks for sharing it, man. All right, next up, Aiden Foley writes, Black Bolt's death was really dark. I loved it. Dude, it was really gruesome. Like, that was horrifying. And, and honestly, a part of me feels like the MPA maybe could have slapped an R rating on this movie just for that. He literally blew his brains out of his own head. Now, granted, we didn't see brains splatter on the wall, but we did see the and then him fall down and blood coming out. I mean, that was a horrific scene. It really was. All right. Uh, Storm Trader writes, um, I feel like John Krasinski as Reed Richards is a one and done thing. Given the other cameos, uh, we'll never see Captain Carter or anyone else again. Maybe, maybe. Like, and like I said, I am perfectly comfortable if that was our one and done with John Krasinski. I'm okay with that because I know whoever the MCU casts as the new Reed Richards is going to be great because they've got, they've got a terrific track record, whether it's, you know, Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Paul Rudd, just their casting for putting the right actor in the right, right role, uh, Chadwick Boseman, um, their ability to get the right actor for the right role is almost an impeachable kind of track record. Like they just are so good at it. So whoever they get is great. But... You know, recently, Patrick Stewart just said, hey, yeah, I'd be up for coming back as uh, Professor X again. We we could get another glance of, glance of a Captain Carter from another universe at some point. So I, I, I'm with you, Storm Trader, that it very well could have been a one and done for John Krasinski. And if it is, I'm comfortable with it because I thought he was great in it. And now I'll look forward to what they do next. But 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 don't think it's an impossibility. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, don't think it's an impossibility yet. All right. Storm Trader writes, uh, let's see. Uh, Black Bolt's death was gruesome for an MCU film. Dude, it was gruesome for almost any kind of movie. But yes, it was absolutely gruesome. All right. Next up, we got uh, who we got. We got Juno Faulkner who writes, it says like a $20 super chat. Thank you, Juno, who writes in, in my opinion, the film started off well, but then things like the Bruce Campbell cameo uh, literally tripped down memory lane and the music fight really took me out of the movie. It's probably a lower middle tier MCU movie for me, 6.5 out of 10. I, I, for the most part, I kind of agree with you. Started off super strong, got really, I don't know, weighed down in the middle for me. But to me, the third act kind of picked up. I, I, I like the third act. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the musical notes fight. Admittedly, I'm not the biggest fan of that. That being said, it was creative. Like, it was creative, and it was interesting, and it was kind of visually innovative the way they did it. Again, I didn't end up, at the end of the day, I wasn't a big fan of the scene at all. But I do give it some credit for, for kind of the creativity in it. I thought it was kind of interesting that way. Okay, uh, next up, we got A.V. Callie writes, I really do not know how to feel about this movie. Uh, it was all over the place. They didn't captivate the multiverse how I thought they would. The Illuminati scene felt out of place and more of a gimmick. Again, I disagree with that criticism. I thought the Illuminati, again, there were two important plot uh, issues that needed to be pushed forward that the Illuminati were there to do. And I thought they did it and they did it well, and they shouldn't have been in the movie any more than they were. I'm not quite sure what you mean, but captivate the multiverse. This, I don't understand that criticism. Like 
Did we want just a, a pure circus, like from beginning to end with 5,000 cameos? Like, I have a feeling like some people went into this movie looking for cameos, the movie. Like they wanted Tom Cruise as, as Iron Man and they wanted Deadpool. By the way, I did tell you guys like a month and a half ago, I gave you a 100% ironclad guarantee that there was no Deadpool in this movie, right? I told you that I got it from a very reliable, close to the situation source that 100%, I absolutely guaranteed you. I said, I can't guarantee you much about Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness, but I 100% can tell you as a fact that Deadpool is not in this movie. A lot of people still didn't believe me, uh, but I thought there was a possibility Tom Cruise as Iron Man might pop up. I mean, who knows? But I feel like some people went into this movie looking for cameo the movie. They want to see 30 different Black Widows and 16 different Iron Men's and five different Black Panthers and seven Namors and all this and, and eight Hulks. And I mean, I just don't know. I, I, I thought clearly the multiverse was the main underlying context of the entire movie. It was multiverse completely. And the threats, the multiverse. So I'm, I'm not really sure. So I get with you. The movie was kind of all over the place, though. And uh, in some ways that worked and in some ways it didn't. So I see where you're coming from with that, A.V. Cali. Thanks for sending your thoughts, man. Hero 75 writes, the end credit scenes didn't really do it for most people, myself included, uh, in my theater. If I hadn't refreshed my comic lore, I wouldn't even know who Clea was. Yeah, a lot of people like Clea, like, look, for a lot of people, it was just like, ooh, Charlie's Theron. And of course, it's Charlie's Theron. That's actually pretty cool in and of itself. But nobody knows who Clea is. And just all of a sudden, a character, like, it was so random, just walking down the street. <laughs> oh, hey, Doctor Strange, you caused an incursion. Can help me fix it. And who the F are you? I, I, it was, again, uh, really bad post-credit scenes. Just really, really badly done and orchestrated post-credit scenes, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily right. I'm just saying that's just my opinion. All right, Hero 75 writes, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Doctor Strange finishes his drink, jumps off the building, transforms before going into battle. Great. That was, look, everything about that first 20 minutes is really cool. You know what else I really liked? Uh, by the way, uh, what what's the name of Rachel McAdams' character again? I'm freezing on the, help me out in the live chat, guys. What was the name of Rachel McAdams' character's name again? Because I keep on just wanting to call her Rachel, but it's not Rachel. Her name is Christine. Thank you. Jim Milton was the first one to put in Christine. Aries Park put it in as well. Uh, Queston. Thank you, guys. Christine, I I don't know why, but I laughed. I was one of the only pe people in the audience laughing out loud when, like, Christine comes to the balcony to see what's going on. She sees Doctor Strange fighting a big monster on her wedding day. She's like, <sighs> like, I don't know why I thought that was hilarious. But, yes, he finishes the drink cape off, jump off the building, superhero moment. I, I thought that was pretty cool, super uh, hero. I really did. All right, Samuel C137 writes, uh, lost a bit of respect for JK. I don't know who JK is. In this movie, uh, he's been fan casting for years and he couldn't um, bother to learn his lines. Look like he, are you saying, are you saying John Krasinski? I lost a bit of respect for John Krasinski in this movie. He's been the, oh, he's been the fan casting for years and he couldn't bother to learn his lines. Looked like he was reading a teleprompter uh, and didn't meet sightlines. Oh, I disagree with that completely, Samuel. I don't know what movie you were watching. Um, 
Uh, otherwise, love this movie. They let Raimi go full Raimi. Completely agree with you. Saw the DNA of Spider-Man and his horror movies all over this. I completely agree with you. Now, I didn't love everything else about the movie. Obviously, I had several issues with the film. I did. But I don't know. I thought I thought Krasinski completely brought the I hate this word, but I'll use it. I thought Krasinski totally brought the gravitas of Reed Richards the way he was explaining things to Steven and even how he tried to deescalate the situation with Wanda. I felt it. I thought it was really good. And if you ever have an issue with sight lines and stuff like that, that's a director. That's not an actor thing. That's a director thing, right? If the sight lines aren't right, the director will say, Oh, stop uh, cut. Uh, we'll move over here. Position here. Make sure you're looking that way. Blow up. That's a director thing. That's not an actor thing. So I, I personally thought he was really, I mean, you may, some people may feel he was underused, but I thought Krasinski was really good in it, but, but that's just me, Samuel, but absolutely agree with you, man. This movie has Sam Raimi's sticky sploosh DNA all over it. Like, like right into its DNA core. You could totally feel it throughout the whole film. All right. Uh, Jeremy one, four, four, seven, one, three writes, hated the movie, particularly the end fight. I mean, I, listen, I get it. I have issues with the film too. And if some of the things that did work for me didn't work for you either, and at the end of it, you didn't like it, hey, dude, that's the subjectivity of film. We're all going to like different things. And I could totally see that, how this movie would rub some people the wrong way, including yourself. So I totally respect that. I did like the end fight, though. I'll say that. But I totally get it, Jeremy. Uh, Jay Bling writes, wouldn't it be funny if this was John Krasinski's only appearance as Reed Richards? By the time you read this, though, he could be announced. I mean, that's true, right? I mean, I am, I am honestly, Jay Bling, I am in a position right now where I am not going to be surprised at all if, number one, they announce a brand new Reed Richards for the Fantastic Four. And I'm also not going to be surprised if they announce that John Krasinski is both starring in and directing the Fantastic Four film. I won't be surprised with either, but I'll be totally fine with either at the same time. And you're right. I expect an announcement pretty soon. All right. Min Tran writes, with Krasinski showing up as Reed, do you think he will appear uh, and become the MCU's permanent Mr. Fantastic? Honestly, I think it's a coin toss. I honestly don't think him showing up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness really says anything one way or the other. You've already seen in this video some people thinking, yeah, clearly that's a one and done. Some people saying, oh, I guess that means he's going to be Mr. Uh, Mr. Fantastic moving forward, right? To me, it's honestly a coin toss. And I'm good either way. If he becomes our new permanent Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four, awesome. If he's not, whoever they cast, I'm sure is going to be awesome. So right now, I think it's a coin toss. All right. Last question we're going to take right now, and then we're going to take a short break because we've already been going for over an hour here. Uh, Jay Bling writes, Wanda coming out of the mirror dimension through uh, the gong gave me Samara from the ring vibes. Oh, yeah, I did a little bit of that, right? God, seriously, Wanda was completely horrifying. <laughs> he was com she was completely horrifying this movie. And this thing when they're desperately just running around, just trying to cover up anything with a reflection... I thought that was actually pretty cool. I like that a lot. All right, guys, here's what we're going to do. Like I said, about every hour, um, we are going to take like a, a three, four or five minute break just so my voice, because we've got many more hours to go. We've got several. This is going to we're going to be going here for for a number of hours. So I need to give myself a little of a break. Give you guys a chance to take a little bit of a break. Talk amongst yourselves. Use the bathroom. Grab something to drink. So hang tight with us, everybody. At most, give us like five minutes and we will be right 
back. Thank you so much for your patience. I forgot to close the door there. Sorry about that. You can see Henry in the background. There's Henry. Did you catch his cameo in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness? Uh, anyway, we are back. So thank you for your patience as I went and got myself a drink. Okay, guys, with that down, let's keep on rolling here and get uh, moving further with your questions. All right. Uh, Jay Bling is where we left off. Uh, let's see. Saren writes, uh, still no mutants. Maybe the incursion, Clea said. Uh, again, well, first of all, there was a mutant. There's Professor Charles Xavier. But I, I don't think it was realistic to think this movie was going to be about bringing in the mutants. Like, so many people wanted this movie to be about 18 different things. And we certainly said, like, I was certainly one of the people who said, hey, this movie could be the movie that kind of opens the door for how we get mutants and stuff like that. That was absolutely on the menu, but they didn't. And I'm not completely surprised that they didn't. Uh, but they did indeed give us a very key, important mutant. We got Charles Xavier, man. So Charles is there. So mutants are here in one way or the other in some reality. All right, Samuel writes. Uh, let's see. Uh, otherwise... Oh, was this a part two of something? Uh, otherwise, I uh, love this movie. They let Raimi go full Raimi. Oh, yeah, that's right. We read this a little bit earlier. Thanks for that, Sam. I appreciate that. Uh, Juno writes, is it just me or were the performances from the actors who play Tommy and Billy really bad here compared to WandaVision? Yep. Now, look, <clears throat> I never like to criticize child performers' performances because they're children, Right. So I don't like to criticize it, but I will say there was, I think you're right, Juno. I thought, I think there was a noticeable uh, difference between the performance of the child actors in WandaVision versus their performance here. Or maybe it was a dialogue thing. I don't know. But I, I think I liked the, the two boys better in WandaVision than I did, did here. But again, I, I don't want to be in the business of critiquing and criticizing children uh, and, and them giving their performances. But that's just me. All right. Uh, Dwayne Fernandez writes, I wonder if they're going to make Wanda flip back between evil and good like Magneto. If that's the case, is Wanda even redeemable? In my, in my opinion... Um, there is no redeeming Wanda at this point. You can't redeem Wanda at this point. Like Wanda has just done too much now. Like the thing with the town, you can come back from that, right? She did something horrible. There had to be consequences. It was completely wrong for her to do what she did in WandaVision, but you can come back from that. But instead of coming back from it, she went further down the road. Like she murdered a lot of sorcerers. Like she murdered a lot of people in Karmataj. She murdered a lot of people in the other universes. She was straight up willing to annihilate everything. And she tried to kill Dr. Strange. She was hell bent on murdering that the, the young America, uh, America. And like there, there's just too much. Maybe she can come back and mean well, but she can never be on the lunchbox again. In my opinion, Wanda Maximoff can never be on the lunchbox, you know, in, in uh, Dr. Strange's terminologies. All right. Uh, next up. 
Peter Cunnington writes, uh, do you think in the next few weeks or months we're going to hear that John Krasinski is the new Fantastic Four star and director? I think in the next few weeks or months we will find out who is going to be the new Fantastic Four star and or director. And it could be John Krasinski, but right now to me it's a, it's a coin toss. JPQ Stevens writes, the crossfade overlay shots, loved the editing. I'm going to tell you what, I, was, I thought some of the editing was a little jarring. To be honest with you, I, I I appreciate that you liked it and that's great. And maybe if I watch it a few more times, I'll gain an appreciation for it. But overall, I actually find found the editing to be a little, little jarring to me. But but anyway, that's just, that was just my take on it, JPQ. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, Aiden Foley writes, I wonder if Strange can go back into the multiverse and get a variant of Adam Aaron that knows how to grow a company instead of the one he is in charge now. Of course, for those of you who don't know, Adam Aaron is the CEO of AMC Theaters, who I think is doing an absolutely shit job of running that company, unlike his predecessor, who was a brilliant CEO of that company. Uh, but that's just a little inside joke that Aiden made for my benefit. Thank you, Aiden. That made me feel good. Thanks, man. All right. Alex Von Gollum writes, was it just me uh, who thought for some seconds that the lady in the post credit scene was Aaron Cummings? <laughs> uh, that I would have known about. I think I would have known about that and I definitely would have told people to watch for it because it would be coming. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Aaron Cummings could have been Clea. I think she very easily could have been Clea Addicts Von Gotham, but I think they did all right getting Charlie Theron. All right, Min Tran writes, you previously believed that Doctor Strange will close off the multiverse. I did. Uh, with Charlie's end credit, I do not think the multiverse is closed and probably and will probably close in Ant-Man 3. What do you think? No, I told you guys last week that... Kevin Feige came on stage at CinemaCon and told everybody that multiverse is now a tool they have to use and they're going to use it more in the thing. So right there, I found out that my prediction that they were going to use Doctor Strange to close off the multiverse dead wrong. So they're not they didn't close it off in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, and they're not going to close it off in Ant-Man. Uh, they're going to keep this thing around and and that's fine. I just hope that the MCU doesn't become this schlocky, gimmicky multiverse of everything. 50 cameos in every movie. Oh, look, okay, your favorite character died. No problem. We can bring in five different versions of them. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a little bit nervous of them, but if they use it very sparingly, then it can be fine. It can be fine. But yeah, they're definitely not closing it off in Ant-Man either, man, because, you know, Feige said they're going to, it's a new tool in their belt to use for years to come. So we'll see what they do with it and, and uh, where they go with that. All right, next up, Ted Wu writes, not a Raimi fan, did not enjoy the parts uh, of this movie that had the Raimi-ness sprinkled on it. However, loved Wanda, she saved the movie for me. And you know, that's, listen, a, a director's work is as much a um, subjective thing as anything about a movie, right? Like if there's a certain, like if you don't like Tim Burton, Right. I'm not a big Tim Burton friend. There's, there's a couple of movies of Tim Burton's that I that I quite enjoy. But overall, I'm not a big fan of Tim Burton's style. Right. And so if Sam Raimi, who has a very distinctive style, if Sam Raimi's style doesn't work for you, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge getting into this. But I'm glad you were able to find a part of the movie that did work for you. So that's really cool, Ted. All right. Next up. Uh, hey, John, telephone here. Uh don't know what that means. Uh, Captain Marvel can go through enormous ships, but a simple statue statue can can crush her. Well, there's two things that I think you're missing. Uh, thing number one is that 
this is not the exact same Captain Marvel as the one we know. For all we know, the Lashana Lynch Captain Marvel of that universe did not have the same power level as Captain Marvel in our 616 universe, right? The Brie Larson Captain Marvel, right? So just because our Captain Marvel could do something, that doesn't necessarily mean that Captain Marvel has the exact same power level. That's number one. Number two is that you remember when Captain Marvel... Lashana Lynch, Captain Marvel, and Wanda were like facing off and doing their blasts at each other. And all of a sudden, Captain Marvel's mask started to fly away and all that kind of stuff. There's a part of me that that wondered if when all that was happening, she was being stripped of her power. So uh, there's a part of me that thinks that when that statue fell on her, it didn't fall on the super being Captain Marvel. It fell on a regular mortal because I kind of there's a part of me that felt that her power was stripped away from her at that point. So anyway, that that's just kind of how I interpreted it. All right. David Sock and Lotion writes, what's black and blue and read all over? Get it? Get it? Instead of red, read. Uh, I got you there, David. All right. Uh, Ted Wu writes, I love watching Wanda wrecking shop. So did I. It was pretty fun. A part of me wanted her just to go all the way evil. Well, I mean, she kind of did. She did mass murder a lot of people. Right. She mass murdered a whole bunch of people at Carmitage. She mass murdered a lot of people in the 818. If that what, what by the way, guys in the live chat, what was the Illuminati's universe number? I thought Christine said theirs was 818. Uh, maybe I was wrong. It was eight something something. If you guys know what it was, throw it in there because she said ours was 616. But it was 838. Thank you, guys. Thomas Mitchell, uh, Kevin Velasquez, uh, Jonathan Cohen, uh, Buster961, Hello, Boyd, Michael Gonzalez, everybody. 838. Okay, thank you, guys. Appreciate that. So, um, yeah, she murdered a lot of people in the 838. I mean, she is a murderous psychopath. Now, it took confronting being confronted by her children that having her children see her because remember like most villains most villains don't think themselves as being the monster right and wanda said all the way through the i'm not a monster i'm not a monster yeah you effing are uh, i'm not a monster and it wasn't until her own children looked at her and saw the fear in their eyes that she real she finally realized what she indeed had become she had become the monster. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really the only way this movie could end was that she had to ultimately be confronted by the fact that she had become the monster. And there was still that part of her that was still in there that that would have an impact on. And I thought that was a really well done part. All right. Uh, next up we have, um, where are we at? CMG 2491 writes, Oh man, uh, was this movie good? Not great, but still good. Definitely felt like a Raimi movie with some MCU overtones. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not going to bother. Uh, I'll do it right now, but I'm not going to bother trying to go through and find the two of three, three, because it's going to be all over the place. But he also writes, I absolutely loved how they went all the way with Wanda being the villain. I kept expecting for there to be a puppet master pulling the strings, but no, she was the monster. Sorry, I meant mother. Uh, was there a third part to that? Okay, we're not going to go running around looking for it. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, to me, it was a good movie. Like I said, not top 10 MCU movie, so not super fantastic. Not a little bit better than just okay. So not bottom 10 MCU movie, but but in that middle ground there. Somewhere in there, like quite good, entertaining. I've seen it multiple times already. I'll go back to see it again. Uh, but too many issues for me. 
to be considered top 10. So yeah, I'm with you on that, CMG. All right, Ted Wu writes, at times it felt more like a Wanda or Scarlet Witch movie. I was okay with that. I don't agree. I thought that the majority of the screen time went to Doctor Strange. I thought the narrative was always being told from Strange's point of view. We only found out things about Wanda as Strange was discovering them. So the prime focus was definitely there. So I don't think this was any more a Wanda movie than Die Hard was. Um, uh, oh, damn. What's the name of the villain in Die Hard again? Uh, uh, oh, I'm totally freezing on the name of the villain Die Hard. I'm, I'm talking about him all the time, and yet I'm freezing on the villain's name. Anyway, the, any more than Die Hard was uh, the bad guy of that. Hans Gruber. That's who it was. Hans Gruber. And then and then uh, Ruben and Magnetron put in it. So Hans Gruber, like, it, yeah, this was no more a Wanda movie than Die Hard was a Hans Gruber movie or The Dark Knight was a Joker movie or whatever. Like, she was a, definitely a very present, strong, forefront villain but definitely the villain of the film. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we did CMG. Yeah, and I agree. I'm so glad they didn't wuss out and say, oh, there was actually a puppet master making Wanda be bad. Nope, it was just Wanda being bad. She decided what she wanted and her pain justified her to do whatever it is she wanted to do to make herself happy. And I'm glad they went that way with it, CMG. All right. Uh, the Telephone Productions writes, uh, Wanda... Parents killed by Stark. She's attacked by the Avengers. In Age of Ultron, she has to kill the person she loves. In I wish she I, I don't know, has has to witness the person she loves getting killed again. Uh, in WandaVision, she has to witness the person she loves getting killed again. In I oh you mean in Infinity War she has to give up the one place that brings her happiness in WandaVision she has to witness the death of not only the person she loves uh, but also her children given up oh no listen the world of the MCU and, and this is important to understand the world of the MCU has done nothing but shit on Wanda Maximoff the world of the MCU has done nothing but shit on the life of Wanda Maximoff. From her tragic childhood to the joining with Hydra, the experimentations, the death of her brother, the being shunned by the world as a result of the, the events in Captain America Civil War, then the, the death of Vision, then the death of Vision again, and then, um, then in WandaVision, creating this illusion, losing vision yet again, losing her pretend children again. The world, you can put this on a t-shirt. The world of the MCU has done nothing but shit on the life of Wanda Maximoff. It is no surprise and narratively appropriate that she goes supervillain. It totally is. It absolutely is. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, Michael Bradley writes, oh, uh, but also of her new kids and one of his, she's truly broke. Absolutely. Completely, completely broken, man. All right. Michael Bradley writes, hello, John. One of the funnier moments was strange mocking Mordo. You probably just have your, uh, you probably gave your strange the dark hold. Yeah. So he was trying to obviously entice him to come and attack him. So in a bid to get his uh, shackles off, by the way, with that one little ending when Mordo looks up at him from the pit and says, you know, I'm starting to understand why your Mordo doesn't like you very much. I wonder if the Mordo in that universe, in the 838, really did consider Steven a brother and really did 
mean well and wasn't the complete asshole that strange was was just saying all those things to to provoke him to attack him to get the shackles off because that one last little line says you know i get why your moto doesn't like you like i don't know so maybe maybe there's something to that i don't know all right uh next up we got cmg and CMG writes, also, how they cut this trailer together is how you should misdirect the audience. I totally thought Zombie Strange was the big bad of the story. Glad and sad it was Wanda, but made narrative sense. And you know what? Here's the other thing. There are two brilliant moves of misdirect in the trailer that were actually things in the movie. Number one, Zombie Doctor Strange, right? We all thought the Zombie Doctor Strange was a villain, right? One of the bad guys when actually it was our Doctor Strange, the hero. The other brilliant misdirect in the trailer that was right from the movie, like they didn't make it up, it wasn't fake, was they showed that shot in the trailer of Wong and Wanda getting ready to fight the big golem monsters, right? That shot's in the trailer. You see Wong pull out his sorcerer shields and then the camera pans over and see Wanda on top of the rock getting ready. So it looked like Wanda and Wong were getting ready to fight side by side and they were. But the misdirect was by putting that in the trailer, it made us, the audience, think like, oh, they're on the same team. So Wanda is a hero in this movie, or maybe she's a hero and uh, a multiverse version of her as a villain, whatever. So that was a brilliant bit of misdirect without putting something fake in the trailer. It was all stuff right from the movie. They just presented us in a way that totally threw us off the scale. That was really smart on their part, CMG. I'm glad you recognize that. All right, next up. We've got Min Tran who writes, do you think this is the Olsen swan song in the MCU like Downey in Endgame? I mean, gone for at least a significant amount of time. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't think we're going to see Wanda again, at least for a while. Now, again, this is the MC fake death universe, right? You mark my words. Um, by the way, Shane Xavier just became a, a member of the channel. Thank you, Shane Xavier. Appreciate that, man. Um, Actually, somebody else a little bit earlier did as well, who had uh, Darius D.B. Bowser also became a director level member uh, in the during here. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you becoming members. OK, so. Uh, make no mistake, Robert Downey Jr. will be back in the MCU. He will. You watch. May not be this year, may not be next year, might be three years, whatever. He'll be back. Uh, and, and I kind of think. I, th I think Elizabeth Olsen will at some point, but I think she'll be gone at least for a while. At least that's my guess. Uh, by the way, I just don't know what they do with her at this point. Like, what do you do with Wanda now? You can't redeem her. Um, so I, I'm just not sure what you do with her, but she'll probably be back at some point in some way. All right, next up. Mighty Tank 1 writes, uh, we live in a world where Anson Mount is is back as Black Bolt, at least in that uh, in that uh, as a cameo. Didn't even realize it was him at first. Oh, I totally did. Betty was surprised during that phone call. Oh, listen, there is no thing that I am I I had a bigger shock from in this movie than that they actually had Black Bolt at all, let alone the Anson Mount Black Bolt. And listen, I'm sure very few people in the audience ever watched The Inhumans, so they probably didn't even know the significance of it. But if there was one thing that I really thought they would not do in this movie that they did, it was Black Bolt. Even though it's just a, a little a, a cameo thing, whatever. I never thought 
I never thought that they would have Black Bolt in this. I never thought Kevin Feige would have an Inhuman in there. Like, not at all. And there he was. That's the only thing about this movie that truly shocked me. Like I, like, I remember about two months ago, I called, you know what? I bet Lashana Lynch as Captain Marvel is going to be in this movie. So I saw that coming. We all knew Captain Carter would be there because we saw the Captain Carter shield in that Doctor Strange poster a couple of months back. So we all knew about that. We obviously knew about Patrick Stewart. We all suspected uh, John Krasinski. All of us suspected John Krasinski as Reed Richards. But man, the thing that really surprised me that I was so sure would not be in there was Anson Madden's Black Bolt. That's the one that really made me gasp. All right. I don't think he'll be back in the MCU, but I do think that was just a cameo one shot. But I was totally shocked, man. All right. Michael Bradley writes, uh, also, you were so right on your Wanda going bad prediction. I had to give you another super chat. Well done, sir. Well, thank you so much for that. So where I was so completely wrong about Black Bolt coming in there, uh, I, again, go back and watch the open spoiler discussion of our WandaVision season finale. And I said in that thing, Wanda's going to be the villain of Doctor Strange. She's going to be corrupted by the dark hole and she's going to be on some kind of mad pursuit to get to get her fake children back. Totally right about that, yet totally wrong about Black Bolt. So it kind of evens out a little bit. Thanks for that, Michael. Appreciate that. All right, Sam Fisher. Oh, I didn't see a first part of Sam Fisher. Did I miss something from Sam Fisher? Maybe I did. Uh, sorry if I did, Sam. Sorry about that, man. But Sam Fisher writes two of two. Uh, watch if you haven't. For me, he was the only true good part of the Inhuman series. Oh, if you're talking about Anson Mount. Yeah, uh, listen, I'll be honest with you. Anson Mount... I mean, he didn't talk in the Inhumans, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved his presence. But how bad does a show have to be where you say the only good part about the show was the character who never spoke? That's how bad the Inhumans was. All right. Hung Vu writes, Wanda killed Professor X. Do you think they're setting uh, setting for X-Men versus Avengers crossover? No, I do not. Not in the least. Um, and with the changes in Marvel trailers, do you think Feige has to make... Do you think Feige has to make to make the movies bigger to live up to fans' expectations? No. No, and he shouldn't. Marvel movies are already huge. And they're really good. I think you run the risk of just becoming schlocky circus fairs. Like, well, now we got to have 50 cameos and blah, 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 blah. I mean, instead, like you look at the first Thor movie. That is a that is a Shakespearean level film about fathers and sons. You look at something like WandaVision, which is absolutely brilliant. You look at the 70s political thriller of of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. You look at Civil War. You look at, at the, I mean... The heart, the reason the MCU is so big is because they've just told good stories, right? And in my opinion, they've been waning a little bit. Like, I didn't think the story in Falcon Winter Soldier was all that super strong. I still liked it, but it was not all that super strong. I didn't think the story in Loki was all that super strong. I straight up didn't like Hawkeye. I thought Black Widow was one of the weaker MCU movies. And, you know... Doctor Strange, again, not a bottom 10, but not a top 10 MCU thing either. So fuck all of that. Fuck, oh, have to make the movies bigger. No, 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 no. Make them smaller, if anything. Reel them in a little bit. 
Not every movie can be about saving reality, saving the planet. Not every movie can be that. Reel it in a little bit. Tell some more character-driven stories. Because at the heart of it, like that's what made, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier so good is at the end of the day, that's a character-driven movie. So don't go into making it bigger and bigger and bigger because I got to live up to expectations. Fuck expectations. Who cares? Kevin Feige, you make great movies. That's all you worry about. Don't worry about what fuck nuts like me on YouTube and all these people crying, make 55 cameos in every five minutes of the movie. Don't listen to any of us, okay? Let us have our fun. We'll discuss things. We'll talk about, we'll speculate. We'll have some fun. You let us do that. But don't you listen to one fucking thing we say, Kevin Feige. You make your movies. Don't give a shit about the expectations or what they do with the trailers or any of that other bullshit, right? If we knew how to make great movies, we'd be making great movies. But we're not, are we? Kevin Feige, ignore us. You do you. Make some great movies. Reel it in. Get back to those great character-driven stories you've been making before. And I got all the... Uh, I got all the love in the world for it. All right, that's just me. Thanks. Thanks for writing that in, Hongvu. By the way, it's like, like a $21, $22 super chat. Thank you, Hongvu, for supporting us on that level, man. Appreciate that, dude. All right. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, one of two. Maybe you meant two of two. I don't know. But I worry and think that the way Black Bolt was un unceremoniously and rather violently killed means we will never see the Inhumans in the movies ever again. I Look, I said it before. I don't think Kevin Feige has any interest in actually doing a story of the Inhumans at all. I don't think he has any interest in it. And I, I, I'll just straight up tell you myself, I have no interest in seeing an Inhumans movie. None. The Inhumans were meant as a replacement for the X-Men in the comics because of certain things, but I have no interest in the Inhumans. None. But I never thought they'd even have Black Bolt cameo. So you never know, right? You never know. All right. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, uh, though someone I spoke to said that him even being in it means he will show up again. Absolutely not. That's not true at all. I think you reintroducing humans in a Fantastic Four movie. I don't think you bring it in humans at all. Inhumans were meant, if you go back to their even origins in the comics, they were meant as a replacement for the X-Men. And nobody wants the Inhumans instead of the X-Men. Your friend is completely wrong. Him showing up does not mean they're going to use him more. But it doesn't, it also, the opposite isn't true. It doesn't mean they're not but it doesn't mean they are either. At least that's how I kind of see it. All right. A. Marcellus writes, I feel that this movie forgot the rules established in the first movie. Mordo told Strange that the sorcerers can travel the multiverse uh, with the sling ring, so I'm not sure uh, why Wanda needed America. Yeah, but tomato, tomato, right? What they, like, did he say multiverse? I can't remember if he even said multiverse, but even if he did, like, multiverse can mean different things, right? Different different levels of realities, whatever, could be different than a multiversal plane. Like, just because you used a word in one movie doesn't mean that word means the exact same thing in another movie, which is one of the things that adds to the confusion of it all, which is why I would be perfectly happy if the MCU just got rid of multiverse altogether. But that's just me. All right, thanks for that, A. Marcells. Appreciate that, man. All right, next up, Sam Fisher writes, uh, kind of got Black Bolt spoiled for me because I saw a tweet on Facebook that had the phrase, I never thought I'd say this, but rewatch Inhumans. Well, listen, a lot of people had a lot of this movie spoiled from them because they opened up YouTube and people literally were putting up Reed Richards killed by Wanda like videos. <laughs> like I was popping up in people's uh, recommendation feeds. Yeah. So I think you're not alone, Sam. A lot of people had that ruined for them. All right. Triptychon writes. 
Illuminati for why? At least X-Force made us laugh when they all died. Um, you couldn't at least give us a cool fight scene. I can do this all day. Really? Hey, listen, Trypticon, I respect your um, impression of it. We, all It's all subjective, man. You had your experience with it. I had mine. Your experience is no less valid than mine. But I completely disagree. I thought the presence of the Illuminati served to further two very important plot points, which we've already covered several times. I won't do it again. Um, and then they needed to leave. The movie was not, again, the movie's not called Doctor Strange and the Illuminati. They shouldn't have been there any longer than they were. They were there to serve a function in the movie. They served the function and then they moved on. And I thought it was great. And I don't know, man, if you don't think the fight between Wanda and Captain Marvel was pretty good, I thought it was pretty good. I thought the death of Black Bolt was shocking and had great impact on the movie. I thought seeing Captain Carter fight. And by the way, if she truly is, you know, the multiversal versal version of Captain America, then saying I can do this all day is absolutely something she should have said. So I don't know. That's just me again. Trypticon, you had, you feel differently about it. And I respect that. We all have different feelings on it. And your opinions are no less valid than mine. Thanks for sharing yours, man. All right, next up. Sam Fisher writes, who else thinks that Wanda is dead? I do. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Yeah, I didn't think so. Oh, I absolutely think she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. But this is Marvel. And this is multiverse. And there are no consequences anymore. So there are 500 Wanda's out there that they could bring in again, right? I guess this is one of the big problems of multiverse is that there are no consequences anymore. None. Somebody dies? No problem. Just run out and get one of the other 800 multiverse realities version of them and bring him in there. We got Wanda's back again, but yes, I do think even though they can retcon it and overcome it and multiverse it, do whatever. But yes, I think that Wanda is dead also because narratively, like I said earlier, what else is there to do with this character? Now this character came full circle. She was a hero that had life shit all over her. It drove her mad. She became a villain, saw the error of her ways, made the ultimate sacrifice, died. I don't know what else you do with the character at this point. She's too powerful. She's irredeemable. So I, and if you just have her come back as a big villain again, well, then that kind of undoes the ending of Doctor Strange when she had that big profound character moment of seeing the e the monster she'd become in her own children's eyes. You undo all of that. So you can't bring her back as a hero. You can't bring her back as a villain. She's already done a complete character arc and she had a narratively satisfying ending. So yeah, I think she's dead. But this is the MCU, so it's somehow, some way, they'll figure out a way to bring her back because there are no consequences anymore. All right, Addison writes, the line she said to Reed was so cold. Oh, yeah. Is their mother still alive? Yes. So good, because there'll be somebody left to raise them. Ooh, that was a good line. I did like that line a lot, Addison. All right, uh, Jesse writes, two of two. I did not see one of two, but... I thought that Sylvie killing Kang opened the multiverse. So did people not dream until that happened or is what Sylvie is what Sylvie did not even related to the actual multiverse? Dude, you're it's so fucked up right now because the notion that multiverse didn't exist until the end of the Loki series completely contradicts other things that have happened in the MCU up until this point. 
like the ancient one herself talked about talk to strange about oh yeah there's always been there's multiverse many levels of reality and multiverse and like that's already been there but the tva is supposed to have stopped all incursions of multiverse until the end of loki which does not make sense but at the premiere of Doctor Strange, now this isn't in any of the movies, but Kevin Feige at the premiere of Doctor Strange in an interview did say that the ending of Loki is what makes Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness possible. But that contradicts other things we know. Listen, I'll tell you right now, Jesse, it's a total fucking mess. It's a total mess. Because they, they are completely contradicting themselves several... So look, Kevin Feige, we trust him. I'm sure he's got a, a grand plan. He'll make sense of all this at some point. But right now, for me, it's a big effing contradictory mess. And that's ultimately what, what uh, Multiverse does. All right, Sam Fisher writes, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda was definitely stole the show for me in this movie, but I wouldn't go so far as to say Oscar-worthy. I would, but it depends... You know, right now, if the Oscars were tomorrow, I would have no problem saying Elizabeth Olsen should get a nomination for Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars. If the Oscars were tomorrow, right? But we got eight more months of movies to come, and I'm sure probably four or five other performances might usurp that. But I, I'll tell you right now, maybe they won't. But if the Oscars were held tomorrow, I would absolutely say she deserves. I'm sorry, I got I got a beautiful hummingbird right outside my window here, just kind of staring at me. Through the third floor window. Oh, so pretty. Okay, anyway, I'm distracted easily. Ooh, shiny. So, yeah, if the Oscars are tomorrow, I would say no problem. I would absolutely nominate her, but probably won't be in the top five by the end of the year. All right, Arthur Smith writes, wanted to like it, but hated the shift in tone when they uh, leaned into the horror. Felt disconnected from the rest of the film and campy in a bad way. See, you and I differ on that, Arthur, because to me, I hated the shift in tone going into the second act. I felt like they got back on track once they got into the third act and the horror stuff started coming out because that was the logical projection or, or uh, that was the logical progression, I should say, of the story. So I thought it, it threw me off earlier in the film than it threw you off. And the funny thing is what threw you off is actually what got me back on board. So it's kind of funny how the movies hit us in different ways like that, right? I think that's a great thing. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that, Arthur. All right, ABD writes, uh, my interest peaked with Endgame um, and I wasn't feeling phase four, but this movie actually made me excited for the future again. Can't wait for more now. Listen, I'll tell you what, as a big MCU fan, I am not as into the MCU in phase four as I was in phase three. Like Endgame, and listen, No Way Home was fantastic, right? But that's also partially Sony. But still, No Way Home was completely fantastic. Great fan experience. I loved it. Not top five MCU films for me, but wonderful film nonetheless. Not even a top two Spider-Man movies. I'm, I'm, the best two Spider-Man movies are Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man 2. But terrific thing. And WandaVision, mind-blowingly awesome. Shang-Chi loved it. But we've also had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which while I thought was pretty good, I didn't think was great. We had Loki, which I thought was pretty good, but not great. We had Black Widow, which I thought was okay, but not great. We had Hawkeye, which I straight up didn't like. 
Um, I, so yeah, I, I, I think that phase four or things that have happened that we've gotten post Endgame has been a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, we had Shang-Chi and we had No Way Home and we had WandaVision. Great. Win, win, win. Um, Falcon Wear Soldier, Loki, Black Widow, Hawkeye. I think uh, Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness is good. I think it's good. But, you know, not fantastic. So, I still think the MCU's got a little bit of work to do here in Phase 4. But, you know, that's just uh, that's just me. Um Let's see. Uh, Adam from Fan Pops, uh, one of our director level members here, just wrote in a thing and he said, would you agree Everything Everywhere was a much better multiverse film slash story than Multiverse of Madness? I saw Jamie Lee Curtis uh, has even weighed in on this. Yes. But I mean, that's not a knock on Multiverse of Madness because I believe Everything Everywhere All at Once is by far the best movie of the year so far. So like saying that everything everywhere all at once was the better multiverse movie than Doctor Strange, that's not a knock on Doctor Strange because I believe everything everywhere all at once is the best movie of the year, period, end of sentence. Not just the best multiverse movie of the year. I fully, and I'll argue anybody about this, I fully feel that everything everywhere all at once um, is easily the best movie of the year so far. So far, we'll see what happens uh, later on. All right, uh, next up, uh, where are we at? Thanks for sharing that, ABD. Appreciate that, man. Sam Fisher writes, that trailer shot of Wanda standing over the Scarlet Witch, I honestly thought it was Wanda rewatching memories from Westview and uh, that the Wanda was our Wanda and the Scarlet Witch was the altar, but it was the other way around, was I the only one? And Sam, that goes right back to what we were saying a little bit earlier about one of the brilliant things they did in these trailers was they used real things in the movie to misdirect us. Whether it was the Wanda fighting beside Wong, whether it was the zombie Doctor Strange, or whether it was the two Wandas, they did such a great job of using real things from real footage from the real movie to completely misdirect us as to what was going on in the thing there. So they actually did a pretty good job there. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you. All right, Arthur Smith writes, uh, I also feel like Wanda's villain turn wasn't earned. What the? Oh, what? Anyway, time out. We'll, we'll come back to this in a second. I also feel like Wanda's villain turn wasn't earned. Uh, we're just left to assume that the dark hole corrupted her without seeing any of that on screen. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. All right. So, and again, of course, I, I'm saying wrong, 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 wrong with the total understanding that's all subjective and your experience is no less valid than mine. Okay. So we're, we're just talking in fun here. So wrong, 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 wrong. Dude, the entire series of WandaVision, the entire series was showing that she was losing it. And yes, at the end of WandaVision, she made the decision, she made the right choice at the end of WandaVision, but that whole show was about the fact that she was willing to do things to people in order for her to have her own happiness. That was the whole show. That was the whole thing. It, it, it wasn't earned. Dude, that whole show was about that. And it didn't even end with her making the right decision. She temporarily makes the right decision. Sure. But ultimately, and the final credits and the final scenes of WandaVision, it was, nope, she's still that person. 
She has embraced the Scarlet Witch personality and she's taken the dark hold. And by hearing the voices of the kids, she's right back on the same thing that she'd been doing that entire show. Everybody else be damned. I need to get what is going to make me feel good. How can you possibly say, my film-loving brother, Arthur, that that villain turn was not... Dude, at the end of WandaVision, I called it. I said, guys, this is clear. She is the villain of Doctor Strange. It's She's going to be corrupted by the Darkhold because she's already diving into it, and we know that's what the Darkhold does to people. And she's going to be a pursuit of her children because it all showed us that. It was completely foreseeable and completely predictable because they clearly pointed to it. It was absolutely earned now you feel differently and again your opinion is no less or more valid than mine absolutely and i respect yours but as a film loving brother i'm gonna say you're crazy dude you're crazy it was absolutely earned maybe you didn't like it and that's that's cool that's up for discussion but absolutely thousand percent that was earned one thousand percent that was earned anyway that's just my take on thank you for sharing yours man i appreciate it by the way wade o'neill just became a director level member of our channel thank you wade o'neill appreciate that man all right and welcome all right next up thanks for sending in your thoughts arthur i hope you don't mind me giving you a little shit we're just i'm just busting your balls here man we're having a good time here all right sam fisher writes uh what did the uh alternate wanda say to the scarlet witch at the end it was muttered and i missed it i believe she said know that they will be loved. I think that's what she said. Like, she clearly saw this version of herself, just one of the kids, right? And that she probably saw in Scarlet Witch's face that she had she was defeated because the kids saw her as a monster. So Wanda said something comforting to her, and I believe the word she said was, know that they will be loved. And I think that's what the uh, final words, uh, yeah, A. Marcellus in the live chat just said, yes, uh, know that they will be loved. Uh, Zach Marcello is also saying, yes, that's uh, that's what they said. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, next up, we got Salamander Man who writes, seen Multiverse of Madness twice now, and I honestly love the film. I'd argue that it's one of the better MCU movies just because of how different and batshit insane it is. Hope Raimi does Doctor Strange 3. I'd be cool with Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange 3. I'd also be very cool with Scott Derrickson, who directed the first Doctor Strange, to come back and do Doctor Strange 3. Um, yeah, listen, with, with all the problems that I have with Doctor Strange, it definitely was swinging for the fences. Like, absolutely. Like, And that's really... All I can really ask for from our from our filmmakers, right? Try to tell a bold story. Take some risk. But but here's the thing. We as film fans, we ask our filmmakers to take risks. But if we're going to ask our filmmakers to take risks and take big swings, we got to be ready to understand that when you take a risk, that means it may not work out. When you take a swing, you may miss. And I, I thought they swung big and I thought they missed on a couple of things. I thought they also hit it out of the park on a couple of things, but they missed on a couple of things. So, yeah, I with with the various problems I have with the movie, I still give it a lot of credit for for just trying to be kind of bonkers and doing some really different kind of stuff and for pushing their boundaries a little bit. So I respect them for that. I don't think it all worked, but I definitely respect them for that. Thanks for sending that in, Salamander. All right. Uh, Zombatron 5678 writes, surprise they had Anson Mount return as Black Bolt. Dude, you and me both. I was, I was for sure he wasn't going to be there. And there he was. All right. Sam Fisher writes, to be honest, I would watch an America Chavez series about her finding her moms 100 times more than I would watch whatever the Echo Show was going to be. Dude, I completely agree. 
I love the America Chavez character. I thought the America Chavez character was definitely a strength of this movie. I loved her personality. I loved her figuring out her power set. I loved what role she played for Steven and helping him discover new you know, things about himself. I adored the character. And listen, the Echo series might end up being fantastic, and I hope it will be. Fingers crossed. But I agree with you, Sam. If they were to give if Kevin Feige were to give me a call right now, what's up? It's Kevin Feige right now. What's that, Kevin? Well, fuck you too. So listen, yeah, if Kevin Feige were to call me right now and say, John, I need your help, we can only do one. Do we do an America Chavez series or do we do an Echo series? Uh, I'm definitely begging him to do the America Chavez series. Uh, you know, I'm seeing Zach and Lifestyle saying, are they 100% doing Echo? Oh, they're filming Echo. As we speak, they're already filming Echo. So that's definitely happening. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you were to ask me, I would definitely say America Chavez. But I'm sure they've got plans for America Chavez going forward. Okay, next up, we got uh, ABD who writes, I don't know if someone already asked, but can you share what details you already knew about the movie? Okay, yes. So we got shown... Um, because I talked about this a couple of months ago. We got shown uh, some of the artwork from the film that was Wanda confronting the Illuminati and battling the Illuminati, including including the killing Professor Xavier. Now, I wasn't so clear on who a couple of the members of the Illuminati were, hence me not knowing that one of them was Black Bolt. Um, but we knew there was a couple of other things too, but the most prominent thing that, that, that we got sent to us that we did not share, uh, because, you know, whether I thought it was real or not, I learned from my Spider-Man situation. I'm not sharing that shit anymore, uh, which is why I'm sitting on some Gore the God Butcher footage and I'm not showing it to anybody. I showed it to Rob, but I'm not showing it to anybody else. Um, yeah, we saw the, these artwork, the artwork and some storyboards of Wanda fighting the Illuminati, of killing Professor Xavier, uh, things like that. So that's that when we talked about it's like, shit, man, we we know some stuff about this movie. So just want to give you guys a heads up. We know some things we're going to try to avoid talking about. So if you ask us questions and opinions about certain things, if we say we have to pass on that question, it's because we know a couple of things about it. And that's where all that came from. So, yeah, that was that. And there was a few other things, too, but nothing really worth mentioning. Uh, all right. Next up. Uh, Salamander Man writes. Also, did you watch what Strange said about Fantastic Four? Um I can't remember specifically what he was talking about there. Sam Fisher writes, I have two questions. One, how did Wanda learn about America and her powers? Two, uh, couldn't Wanda have just gone to a universe where Billy and Tommy are, are orphans? Well, number one, there would have to be a universe where they're orphans, and that may not have existed. Uh, two, with America Chavez, that's, I mean, with remember, America Chavez is unique in the multiverse. There's only one of her, Right. That makes her a very unique, if not the most unique being in all of existence. There's only one of her in the entire multiverse. Being a creature of that uniqueness, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something in the dark hold about her. Um, or, you know, America Chavez came through um, 
our reality at some point that Scarlet Witch became aware of her. So they don't explain that in the movie, and that's fine. It's not an important detail. But my guess would be that since America Chavez is such a unique being, the only one that's like her, the where there's only one of her in all the multiverse, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's something in the dark hold about her. I, that would be my guess. It's a good question, though, Sam. Um, let's see. Arthur Smith writes, uh, maybe uh, unfair, but I can't help comparing this to everything everywhere all at once. The Daniels multiverse was way more interesting, and I think Jobu Tupaki would dust Wanda. Uh, no, Wanda would kill anybody, uh, including her, in that universe, but... Everything Everywhere All at Once is absolutely the better movie, in my opinion, right? Easily, it's the better movie because it's the better movie out of any movie that's come out this year. I mean, it's better than many of the movies that came out last year. Uh, I mean, look, and again, I'm not trying to trash on Doctor Strange by saying that. I think Everything All at Once kicks Spider-Man No Way Home's ass. I think it's way better than Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, and I love Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, and I really like Doctor Strange again. So it's no knock on Doctor Strange when I say that I completely believe that everything all at once was easily the better movie because I think it's the best movie of the year so far. We'll see if that holds up. All right. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, I love me Bruce Campbell, but this was unnecessary. Completely agree. I was very excited to see what the Bruce Campbell cameo was going to be. And I thought that was I, I thought that was silly. It fell out of place in the movie. Wasn't funny. Uh, but that's just me. And I was really looking forward to it, too. All right. Daniel Fitzpatrick writes, uh, loved Wanda being the villain right from the start. Only recently watched the 90s X-Men, so it was cool to hear a bit of the theme. Enjoyed the movie. Again, I thought it was the logical thing to do. Uh, Wanda being the villain. Number one, it checked a lot of the boxes. It was narratively interesting. It was the logical pro progression of her character coming out of WandaVision. And she is a true huge foil for Doctor Strange because there's not a lot of beings in the MCU who can be a true threat to Doctor Strange. Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, can be, so I thought that was really interesting that they did that. All right. Uh, thanks for that, Daniel. Next up. Oh, and yeah, of course, then hearing the, the do, -do, 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 do do music was really cool. Sam Fisher writes, why is Michael uh, Stuhlberg so prominent in the mid credits? It's a glorified cameo. I think Bruce Campbell has more screen time. I hate when movies do this. Honestly, I don't even know off the top of my head who Michael Stuhlberg is. I, I don't even know who that is. So I unfortunately, Sam, I can't answer that. All right. Next up, Parker writes, yo, what's up? Uh, is this the first ever open spoiler movie discussion in the new studio? Ooh, actually it is. I mean, for a movie, like we did an open spoiler discussion for Moon Knight, but uh, yeah, this is the first, for a movie, our first open spoiler discussion. Doctor Strange 2 was a wild, thrilling, off-the-walls, bonkers MCU movie. You know, I don't agree overall, but I enjoyed the movie, and I would definitely, I would at least say this, Parker, I believe there are definitely moments in this film that I found completely thrilling, completely off the wall, and completely bonkers. There's also parts of it that I thought were disappointing, but overall, I thought it was a good film. I've already seen it twice. I'll probably see it one or two more times, because overall, I had a good time with it. I'm glad you did too, man. All right, next up. Sam Fisher writes, chalk another one up to MCU glossing over things like you said in the lead up to No Way Home because they glossed over Stephen, uh, Stephen's control, his third eye pretty quick. Yeah, but we we don't know how much time has passed between the end of the movie when Stephen's in the street going, ah, oh, my head, and he boom has the third eye. And then when he runs into Clea. For all we know, that could have been a year. 
It could have been five weeks. It could have been two days. It could have been six months, right? Because remember, it's not the same scene because when he's walking across the street and he gets his third eye, he was wearing one outfit. When he's walking down the street and comes across Clea, he's in a completely different outfit. So obviously there's been some passage of time. We just don't know how much passage of time there's been. So there's that. All right, next up. Uh, Parker writes, should they have explained America's powers better? No, they should. They absolutely should not have because she wasn't really clear on her powers either. Why should the audience know more about her powers than she does? So, no, I, I really don't think that, that they should have explained that at all because even the character doesn't know it. All right. Sam Fisher writes, Charlize Theron is Clea. Are you kidding me? Perfect casting. No notes. Can't wait to see her again for them to hopefully become a couple. So for those of you who don't know much about Clea, um, do you guys, did you recognize too, when she took out her sword, she kind of cut open a, a, a slash in reality and it looked like the dark, like it looked like Dormammu's realm. Well, in the comics, that character that Charlize Theron shows up as, she's actually the niece of Dormammu. Dormammu's her uncle, I believe. And she actually overthrows him at some point in the thing. At any way, she also becomes a love interest and I think eventually gets married to Doctor Strange. But I think for a lot of people, nobody knew who she was. Look, I don't care who you get and cast in a role. I just want you to get a good performer. Charlize Theron is an amazing performer, an Academy Award winner. I love the casting. I really do. All right. Next up. Uh, M.O.T. Awesome writes, I loved this movie. Wanda was ruthless and terrifying, even more so than Thanos to me. The way she went through the Illuminati was jaw-dropping, especially the gore and blood that was shown. Yeah, again, that was horrifying to me. Like that by itself, in my opinion, that scene by itself of her ripping up the Illuminati justified why you have the Illuminati there to show off just how big of a threat, just how powerful, just how ruthless and just how dark Wanda had become. Because even when she's attacking Karmataj, it's just kind of like, okay, she's just after her goal and she killed some nameless, faceless characters that we didn't know, right? As the audience, she killed a bunch of people that we didn't know. But now she is ripping up and slaughtering violently characters that we know, actors that we know, people that just killed Thanos, and she's ripping them apart with ease. Like if that was the only reason to have the Illuminati in there, like even all the Doctor Strange character development, understanding his alternate universe itself, even if that wasn't there, that would have been enough to completely justify their presence in this movie from a narrative point of view. So yeah, it was it was pretty horrifying, man. All right. Next up, remember Bulldog writes, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. What a really good movie it was. So thoroughly entertainment is not top 10 and I do have some issues, but the good far outweighs any issues I have, eight out of 10. And that's kind of where I am as, of course, you know, I don't give numerical values to movies because eight out of 10 means something to some people and it means something else to other people. So it doesn't really, so there's no point in giving a numerical score. That's why I don't. But I, I'm kind of feeling you a little bit. Like I thought it was a good movie. I was entertained. There were definitely things that bothered me, but the things that entertained me outweighed those. So at the end of the day, good movie, not top 10. So I'm kind of with you on that, uh, Rammer Bulldog. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. All right. Rammer Bulldog also writes, all the performers were great, but Elizabeth Olsen to me was the star of this movie. Absolutely. Uh, she was truly sure 
she was truly sure some and you felt her presence every time she came in. Yeah, listen, I look, I'm not saying that she's better. Well, let's keep going here. My issue was I wish they would have led into multiverse more. I, the whole movie was multiverse. I don't know what you mean more. It was kind of the background of the movie. So I do understand people who are disappointed that the movie wasn't more focused on multiverse. Movies should never be focused on the context. Movies should always be focused on the characters. So I disagree with that sentiment personally. The multiverse itself is shtick. It's shtick. It's context. It's the background. Movies should always focus on characters. And the reason, despite the fact that I have some problems with it, the reason Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness works for me is because it's a story about Stephen Strange learning more about himself, coming to grips with who he is, and about Wanda and the conclusion of her very painful journey. That is what movies should be about. Not the context, not the environment, not the background. It should be about the characters. And because they did, that's why it works for me personally, Remmer. At least that, that's kind of my take on it. All right. Uh, Remmer also writes, and I wish we had some scenes with an America Chavez and Dr. Strange. Let's see. I wish we had some scenes with an America Chavez and Dr. Strange. This movie should have been called Dr. Strange Madness because really the madness is Wanda. The multiverse is just there. You're a thousand percent wrong. This is about multiverse. The multiverse isn't just a, a poster on the background of a wall. The multiverse itself is the fabric in which this story is being told. It's the context of the story. It's a part of the motivation of the story. It's integral to the plan of the story. Everything about this movie revolves around multiverse. The story is about the characters as it should be, but everything that, that is motivating moving the characters further along the story is multiverse. To say that the multiverse is just there is like saying the Infinity Stones and the Infinity Gauntlet was just there in Infinity War and Endgame. I disagree with that part wholeheartedly. It was integral to everything that was happening in the story. Without multiverse, that story doesn't happen. There is no movie if the multiverse isn't there. It's not just something that's there. So I got to just, there's a lot you said there, Remmer, that I agree with you about, but I got to disagree with you wholeheartedly on, on that aspect of it. Um, Remmer then writes, I meant more scenes with America Chavez and Doctor Strange. I see what you're saying. That makes more sense. But I love the horror element and I love the visceral kills. The Illuminati sequence was, was brutal. I, I agree. And you know what? I, I love the relationship between Doctor Strange and America Chavez. Did the movie need more of them? I don't know that it did. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have said no to more. Because like I said, I really did enjoy uh, their chemistry together. I, I loved what her character brought out of Steven. I liked that a lot. So I wouldn't have said no to more scenes. But I'm, I'm also okay that they didn't. I felt there was enough there for me to get the gist. But I, I see what you're saying there, Remmer. All right. Um, Let's see here. Uh, ABD writes, and this will be the last one we do before we take another short break. We've gone another hour since the last time we took a break, so we need to take another break here in a minute. Uh, ABD writes, after watching Wanda be such a badass, I can't help but wonder, can Jake Lockley's Moon Knight, corrupted by Khonshu, be a big bad in a future movie? I don't, I mean, I can see Jake Lockley being the villain of a Moon Knight story. I don't see Jake Lockley being an Avengers level threat. Like if that's what you mean, 
if that's what you mean and if that's what you're talking about. Like, he could definitely be the antagonist of a story. He could definitely be the antagonist of a story. He can't be the next Thanos, and he can't be the next one. At least, I don't see him on that level, but that's just me. Okay, guys. We're now about two hours in to our uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness open spoiler discussion. We have many more hours to go. So, like I said at the beginning, about every hour or so, we're going to take a, a three to five minute break. That's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to rest up my vocal cords. I'm going to refill my drink, probably run to use the bathroom, give you guys a chance to do all the same. So don't go anywhere, guys. Three to five minutes and we will be right back. All right, guys, and we are back now as we head into hour number three of our Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness opened spoiler discussion. We got a bunch more questions. We're not even uh, halfway through the questions. But by the way, I saw uh, a few people write in and say, hey, how come the Super Chats are disabled? The Super Chats are disabled now because we already have about 140 to 150 pages uh, worth of questions that have come in. And there's no way we're going to get through all of them today, no matter how many hours we go. We're, there's no way we're going to get through all of them. So there's going to have to be a part two to this a little bit later. Maybe I'll get Rob to do part two so you guys can get a different perspective uh, than mine on a lot of these things. But there's no point in me still having super chats open when they're probably any super chats that would get sent in now probably wouldn't get answered today anyway. So that's why we've disabled super chats now. We've got a ton of questions still to go. We still have about... Uh, well, a hell of a lot more to go. We have a hell of a lot more to go. So let's not waste any more time and get back to it here, shall we? And we pick things up here with, uh, I believe we already did ABD. So we will move on now to Remember Bulldog writes also i'm glad it wasn't a cameo fest some people were disappointed that there was not more cameos but to me it would have been a cheap pop and would not serve the story at all i completely agree like i said there are a lot of people who went into this movie looking for we want cameo the movie we want 85 cameos popping up every time dr strange turns around a corner there's some new variation of a different that wouldn't have made a good movie it would have been stupid and it would have been cheap and useless and just felt empty. So I'm really, I was afraid there might've been a risk of them turning this into cameo, the movie. And I'm personally, I agree through Remmer. I'm glad they didn't do that. All right. Remmer also writes, I've heard some criticism for this movie that undercut WandaVision and Wanda's arc in the show. I completely disagree because the post-credit scene of WandaVision shows her using the dark hold. Um, yeah, no, I look, I can, that is why, at the end of WandaVision, I told everybody, oh, she's going to be the villain of Doctor Strange. She's going to be, she's already shown her propensity to be willing to sacrifice other people for her own interests and her own happiness and for, to, to quell her own pain. And now she's got the dark hold. Now she's going to be looking for her children. She's definitely the, the villain of that. So any criticism about that. It reminds me of people complaining that Daenerys turned bad in Game of Thrones. It's like, listen, you fuckers, I've been telling you for four years that she was going bad. The story made it obvious that she was turning bad. Like for me, for years, Game of Thrones made it clear she is turning bad. And if somebody as dense as me saw it, obviously, everybody should have saw it coming. At least that's my opinion of it. Because um, if you're as dim as me and I could see it coming, everybody should have saw it coming. I So I reject any criticism that, wow, they, they, they really did Wanda dirty. No, this was the clear narrative path for the character, in my opinion, at any rate. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up. 
Murray Reich writes, I thought Loki was going to show up in the movie. I'm glad he didn't. Due to multiverse implications from the aftermath of Loki, unless I heard wrong, regardless of it all, it was an entertaining horror Raimi MCU movie. I, I agree. It was an entertaining Raimi horror action fantasy kind of movie. It overall worked. I liked it. It's good. Not great. Not top 10 MCU, but but I dug it. I'm really glad Loki didn't show up. I mean, that was definitely a possibility, but I'm really glad he didn't show up as much as I love the character. Remmer also writes again, uh, overall, this is a really good entertaining movie. And I know some people wanted Avengers level movie. I don't need every Marvel movie to be an Avengers level threat movie like No Way Home. Well, make no mistake. Wanda was absolutely an Avengers level threat. Wanda has the power to destroy all of reality. And she could have like dominated all life on earth. She was an Avengers level threat, but there was no time for Avengers to assemble and all that kind of stuff. The story started boom and not every movie should have all the Avengers in it. So I was kind of glad they kept the scope to where it was Remmer. So I agree with you on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's, uh, where are we at? We are at, there we are. Suffering in college, right? I, I relate, man. I relate. Uh, I didn't go into this movie expecting House of M, but I was just surprised how much of an afterthought Professor X was, uh, variant or not, for what uh, for what was the first time we've seen a major mutant in the MCU. I don't know why you'd be surprised. It the Again, the movie was not Doctor Strange and the birth of the X-Men. The movie was not Doctor Strange and the adventures of Charles Xavier. Charles Xavier was meant to be a short thing, just like, hey, in the MCU, in Kevin Feige's MCU, this was also the first time we saw an Inhuman, because remember that the Inhuman show was not a Kevin Feige thing. That was an Ike Perlmutter thing, not Kevin Feige. This is the first time in a Kevin Feige's MCU that we saw that. I mean, there was a, there was a lot there, but they should not have made this movie about other things. This movie had its story and a movie should stay on track with its story. We didn't need to know more about the formation of the Illuminati or learn more about this Reed Richards. No, 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 None of that was important to the story. They needed to stay on track. And I think they used Charles Xavier to the degree that we should have had him. Remember, he wasn't even our universe's Charles Xavier. Don't forget that. This was, you know... Earth 838's Charles Xavier. It wasn't even ours. So I don't think they should have taken any more time in that. At least that's my take on it, Suffering. And a good luck. There is the end in sight, Suffering in College. I got through it. You'll get through it. All right. Next up, Kara Black writes, First off, Wanda is not dead. Well, that Wanda is. Uh, second, no one was able to physically defeat her. True. So I'd say excluding the Celestial, Scarlet Witch is currently the most powerful being in the MCU. <sighs> Maybe. Maybe. Because remember, the we saw her fight a different version of Captain Marvel. And we have heard Kevin Feige say that Captain Marvel is currently the top of the ladder. Now, now that was before WandaVision happened, that Captain that Kevin Feige said that. But obviously Celestials are on a different level. Um but I'm not so sure about the Captain Marvel aspect because that was a completely different Captain Marvel in that universe uh, that may or may not have had the same power level as the, as the Brie Larson Captain Marvel. So if not, if not the top of the power rung, 
in the MCU. At the very least, I think we can safely say absolutely near the top. Because if she can go to Carmitage and take down Carmitage and then fight that Illuminati. But once again, that wasn't our universe's Illuminati. That was a different universe's Illuminati with a different Captain Marvel and a different Captain Carter and all that kind of stuff. But I think we can at least say with some certainty she's near the top for sure. Maybe the top. But at least we can say she's near the top. All right, Kara also writes, I feel Elizabeth Olsen has been the MVP of Phase 4 so far. I would agree with that. And will still be the MVP after Phase 4 concludes. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I want to see Thor Love and Thunder. Because to me, Thor is always an MVP candidate. Uh, we'll see what happens after a couple of other films as well. But hey, listen, right now, I, I think I'd agree. Up until this point... With WandaVision and now with her performance and turn in uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, I would agree that, yeah, Elizabeth Olsen has been the MVP of, the, of Phase 4 so far. So far. We'll see what happens moving forward, Kara. All right. Kara also writes, uh, when, you, when you do feel, you probably meant, when do you feel we could next see Wanda pop up again and also White Vision as well, since I expected to see him in this film or a post-credit scene. Yeah, listen, I was very surprised there was no vision at all. And not necessarily white vision, but like another universe. It makes no sense to me that Wanda, whose entire motivation for Wanda vision was getting vision back, and now vision isn't even 5% of an afterthought. And in all these realities, she never wants to think to find the man she loves. That was strange to me. That's very, very strange. That makes no sense. And again, who's the sperm donor for these kids in all these different universes? Who's the dad? Because it has to be the same dad in every one of those universes. Because in every one of those universes, those kids looked exactly the effing same. So who was the daddy? Who was the sperm donor? And why the hell was all of a sudden she not even thinking about vision anymore? All these things are questions I need to ask. All right. Kara Black also writes, uh, to be honest, the second post credit scene should have focused on Wanda's fate since she's the main antagonist instead of Bruce Campbell's comedy. Well, look, I, I disagree with you, Kara. She's dead. The, the movie wrapped up her fate. She allowed herself, she allowed herself to die so she would never be tempted again. And she allowed the whole temple to crash down on her. Now, that is not to say that she won't come back, right? Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is dead, but he will come back. Gamora was dead, but she came back. I mean, so um, she is definitively dead, but she will be back also because it is the MCU. But I don't think it's going to be for a while. I don't think it's going to be for a few years. How, where, and why, we'll see as the MCU develops. But I honestly don't think we're going to see uh, Wanda again for a few years. All right, next up. Uh, A-Rod 2006 writes, As much as I love Doctor Strange 2, can we talk about uh, we got Charles Xavier and Reed Richards in the same movie? Something unthinkable 10 years ago. Dude, it was almost unthinkable. Well, no, it wasn't unthinkable 10 years ago. It wasn't at all. Like when, when Fox had both X-Men and Fantastic Four, Seeing those two together is was not all that far-fetched. It was actually quite a reality. There was, there was very much reality that that could have happened. But you want to say 20 years ago, maybe it felt a little bit unrealistic. But yeah, since both Fantastic Four and X-Men were both under Fox, that was very much a possibility that could have happened there. It didn't, whatever, but now we got it here and it was pretty fun, man. All right, uh, Matthew Carter writes and sends in like a $20 super chat to be supportive. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate that, man. Matthew Carter writes, 
Hey, John, loved this movie. I'm glad you did. Uh, but I have two questions. So is Wanda dead? I believe she is, yes. And also, was this the official confirmation that mutants are hiding in the MCU since we know that there are other Professor X's in the multiverse? No, not necessarily. Listen, something could have happened 200 years ago that sparked mutation in certain universes, but maybe not in ours. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's not mutants in our universe already. There may be. But just be, all, all I'm saying is just because Charles Xavier is there in one multiversal realm in the 838 does not automatically mean just, for example, Lashana Lynch was the Captain Marvel in that universe. Does that mean does that definitively mean that Lashana Lynch is Captain Marvel in all the universes? Well, obviously not because she's not in ours. In this 616, it's Brie Larson. So it doesn't mean they're not, but it doesn't mean they are. That's my take on it at any rate, uh, at any rate Matthew. Thanks for writing that in, man. Appreciate that. And thank you so much for supporting us on that level, Matthew. Appreciate it, man. All right. Hoser Miez writes, after watching the Doctor Strange 2, how does Kang the Conqueror's story play play it out in the MCU? Uh, now was Wanda the Nexus event that TVA was predicting? No idea. It, it, that's all very convoluted. And I don't think Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has anything to do with Kang. Like, really, like, I, I you know, people are asking me on the John Campus show, um earlier and i said i really don't think kang's gonna be a part of this at all there's no reason for him to be part of it there's no connection to the story a part of it um so yeah for, so the kang thing no idea and as far as well was neck was one of the nexus being that was there and how's this connect i don't really think much i really think more it's just an afterthought and was really inconsequential at least that's my take on it right now hoser all right Remember, Bulldog writes, the Illuminati death sequence was so gruesome, and this is what may turn some people off, but I really like the horror element in this movie. Yeah, I absolutely, listen, again, the horror element is not going to be there for everybody. Like I said, I saw people bringing children to this movie whose children were very, very disturbed after the movie. And I think that's going to throw some people off. I don't I don't think people are expecting that part. And I think for some people, that's going to really throw, discombobulate them a little bit to the movie. I personally thought it worked really well, especially when you understand what kind of a character the Scarlet Witch is. That is by nature a horror kind of character. So, yeah, uh, I, that's the way I think about it, remember, at any rate. All right. Uh, where are we? Jake Saunders writes, your main concern with the M MCU implementing a multiverse was that it could be used to cheapen deaths. Did this movie mitigate that fear between the core message Wanda learned and the threat of incursions? No, it did not mitigate it at all. It didn't make it any worse because like I said, okay, we just had this big dramatic conclusion to the tragic story arc of Wanda Maximoff, a character who this entire universe has just shit on since her childhood. As a child, she's in a war-torn area, bombs goes off and kills her parents she grows up getting radicalized. She gets wrapped into Hydra, then gets experimented on. Then she loses her brother. Then she causes an event in Civil War that makes the world hate her. Then she falls in love only to lose the man that she loves. She then starts to crack mentally and emotionally, and she takes over this, the town and the events of WandaVision. 
only to get her guy back, only to lose the guy again, get these make-believe children that she becomes emotionally attached to, only then to have them ripped away from her again. She gets, she finds out she's this character. She finds out she's this individual of nightmares, the Scarlet Witch. She embraces that, decides to go on this quest to ease her own pain by finding her own children in other dimensions, murders a lot of people around the way, and at the end, seeing the monster that she has become in the eyes of her own children decides to put an end to the cycle and we are brought to an end of the storyline of Wanda Maximoff. And it was great. But I don't believe for a second that we're never going to see Wanda Maximoff again because this is multiverse. Just like Endgame cheapened the incredible, dramatic, beautiful death of Gamora in Infinity War by, oh, just bring her back. Look, guys, it's Gamora again. Well, Johnny, see, technically, it's not the same Gamora. It's Gamora. It's the same Gamora just plucked from a different point in time and brought here. But it's Gamora. And it totally cheapened that incredibly beautiful, dramatic, and tragic moment we had in Infinity War. Don't get me wrong. I still love Infinity War and Endgame. Love them both. But that was cheapened because, look, Gamora's back, everybody. Don't worry about it. She's back. At some point... They're going to cheapen this, I think, a wonderful conclusion to the tragic story of Wanda Maximoff. They're going to cheapen it by just bringing in another version at some point. So it hasn't exasperated my fears of it, but it didn't alleviate my fears of it either. But we'll see how Kevin Feige decides. Uh, we'll see how Kevin Feige decides to navigate this moving forward. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Next up. Uh, Remember Bulldog writes, Rob's analogy of this movie is is perfect, and I agree with it was only a little bit of a change of pace, which I don't mind at all. I can't even remember which analogy you're talking about, so I can't either agree or disagree with you, but it was definitely a change of pace, and I kind of like it when they do a change of pace, Remmer. Uh, Ganim McIntyre writes, I thought this was a nice change of pace for the MCU. I agree. Definitely not the movie I was expecting. I also agree with that. But I appreciate how Marvel is constantly trying new things. I think it's what keeps them relevant. I no, You're 100% right. Their, their movies and their projects are always so different. Right. WandaVision was the most one of the most unique things they'd ever done. Moon Knight was definitely a very different change of pace for things that they've done. Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, totally different from things they've done. I mean, they're always trying to do that sort of thing. And I think Miss Marvel is going to be that as well. I think Miss Marvel is going to be unlike anything else we've seen in the MCU so far. And it's sometimes it works great. Sometimes it works less great, but I always do appreciate that they try these new things again. So I, I, I appreciate your observation. I agree with you on that. All right. Uh, John Walkden writes, Sorcerer Supreme Mordo felt like he was relegated to an Illuminati ring announcer and then got stuck in a hole before never being seen again. Yeah, but that's that's the only purpose he was there for. The care this was not Doctor Strange versus Mordo of another universe, the movie. He had a particular role and function to play in the film. He did it, and then we moved on to stay focused on what the real story of the movie was. That is what every good movie does, right? That's what every good movie does. And that's what they did here, and I, I thought it worked for what it was. But it does just make me more hungry, John, to see Mordo back in the 616 universe. I am very much looking forward to seeing him back again. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, where are we at? All right. Oh, by the way, in the live chat, Hosea XCI is saying, John, what did you and Rob know about the movie? I already talked about that about 20 minutes ago. So a little bit later on, just go back in this video. And I already talked about that a little bit. All right. Chad Duck writes, I have children too. Is their mother still alive? Yes. Good. Then there will be someone left to raise them. Instant chills. Evil Wanda is straight business. Easily my favorite part of the movie. That... I'm not going to say that was my favorite line in the movie, Chad, but it had to be a top three or four favorite line in the movie. Like, it's the confrontation. Here's the thing. This is why I think the part with the Illuminati works so well. In the confrontation with Carmartage, right, she's still espousing this, why are you trying to keep me from my children? You are wronging me. I'm not the bad one here. You're just trying to keep me from my kids, right? There was still this illusion that they were trying to portray a little bit. Like there, there was still a bit of sympathy for what Wanda was trying to do and winding. I mean, we still knew it was wrong, but there was still this veneer of she's trying to say, I'm not a monster. You're just trying to keep me from my kids. You're the monsters. And I'm I'm gonna come and get whatever it is I need to get to my kids because I'm a mom, right? But when we come to the 838's Illuminati, through the film, that veneer is getting chipped away. And then it is clearly gone by the time we get to the Illuminati. Because that's when she really fully unleashes her power to wipe out these incredibly powerful beings who killed Thanos. But also that line becomes key in showing us that the veneer's gone now. There, there, there's, there's no more even pretending for herself. She's evil. We straight up say, do you have kids? Yes. Is their mother still alive? Yes. Good. Because there'll be somebody left to raise them. That's just, that's just straight up evil, right? Like the veneer is gone at that point. And again, yet another function that the Illuminati being there did. So completely agree with you, Chad. All right. Ganim also writes, I guess a good mix of Spider-Man, Raimi and evil dead Raimi. Completely agree. It, it, I, except for the first like 20 minutes of the movie. The first 20 minutes of the movie were not purely Sam Raimi. Like it was, it was very much MCU, like the first 20 minutes. But after the first 20 minutes, I think you're absolutely right now. It's a mixture of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi and Evil Dead, Sam Raimi. By the way, one of our director level members of the channel, uh, Rob uh, Bilo, uh writes in and wrote, uh, Kevin Feige confirmed the multiverse now exists because Loki and Sylvie killed He Who Remains and the fractured timelines we saw in the multiverse. So variance of multiverse is one and the same. So I was just talking about that, Rob. That's a direct... See, Kevin Feige did say that. I mentioned that just a little bit earlier. I mentioned that that's what Kevin Feige said at the red carpet event of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The problem is, is that even though that's Kevin Feige saying it, it completely contradicts what we've seen in the MCU movies already. Multiverse had been mentioned prior to the events of Loki. The Ancient One talked about there's always been a multiverse and multiple realities and all that kind of stuff, all the way back to the ancient times. So even though absolutely Kevin Feige said that at the red carpet of the event, I, I mentioned that earlier, 100%, but him saying that is in and of itself a contradiction to what the MCU has already done, and they're going to have to explain that at some point. At some point, they're going to have to make that a little bit clear and explain that because right now it's contradictory and it contradicts canon that they've set up so far, right? So anyway, so yes, he said that, but he only confused matters even more by saying it because that's a contradiction. All right. Elizabeth Gerardo writes, 
I know a lot of people hated the second post credit scene. I'm one of them, uh, but I loved it. It reminded me of the Spider-Man homecoming post credit scene with Cap. I can't remember what that one was now. Hey, listen, I, I, I get it. If that style of humor is for you, which I'm sure there's a lot of people it is, then it's great. And it is a callback to something that happened earlier in the movie. I, I, I just got to admit, Elizabeth, for me, it was really... I literally turned to Anne. I said, we sat through seven minutes of credits just see Bruce Campbell punch in face say, it's over. Uh, I, I honestly, yeah, I'm glad you liked it and I'm glad there were other people who liked it. Awesome. But yeah, for me, it was... Uh, yeah, it, it that was that was pretty bad. All right, next up, uh, Tyler Pfeiffer writes, is it just me or was Krasinski's performing uninspired as Richard? It's not just you. Somebody else wrote in a little bit earlier to kind of say the same thing. I completely disagree from my own point of view. I thought he brought the, the seriousness and the gravitas and the steadiness of what Reed Richards would be. Um, I thought he was a great Reed Richards personally, but you're not the only one who thinks that Tyler. So uh, like I said, somebody else already wrote that in Tyler also writes. Also, I was bummed. We didn't see our universe's Mordo uh, and they finally gave McAdams something to do. Well, I mean, Rachel McAdams had stuff to do in the first one, but the movie, she's not a primary character of the first movie. This one, they definitely used Christine more in this and it was pretty cool. And, but we'll see more Mordo moving forward. Tyler also writes, my theater erupted with laughter at the last post credit scene. Mine didn't. But see, that's the thing. It's all subjective, right? And every, even every audience is different. You know, I'm sure some audiences had the biggest pop with Patrick Stewart. Some audiences had the biggest pop with John Krasinski. I mean, some audiences had a big pop at the end credit scene. Some audiences like mine was just crit crickets with the end credit scene. It's all different, but I'm glad your audience liked it, man. All right. Next up, Remember Bulldog writes, I love the ending to this movie, uh, to this movie because it made narrative sense for the story. I agree. Uh, they were telling and it was consistent with the info you got months ago. How much of the, of the movie did you already know and what was still a surprise for you guys? I mean, there was, there was a number of things we knew, but again, we certainly didn't know everything and we didn't know the full narrative flow of it. Obviously, like I told you guys a little bit earlier in this video, um, we had sent to us storyboards and things like that of Wanda fighting the Illuminati, uh, particularly of Wanda killing uh, Dr. Or Professor Xavier and stuff like that. But even with those, I didn't know Black Bolt was there. Right. So that was still a surprise. Um, and yeah, but there were still lots of things that we didn't know. There was much, there's a lot of the movie we didn't know going into, and there were certain very key things that we did know, unfortunately, but uh, that's, that's all there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, where are we at? We're at, uh, on Rog P who writes this reverse character arc in the sense of hero to villain for Wanda has been done so well, uh, where she was, where she was at first in ultra all the way to here. I mean, it, it wasn't just that thing about the reverse sense all from there all the way to here. It was the natural progression. Really, if you look at the MCU, a, a big part of the MCU has been the tragedy of Wanda Maximoff. Right from her childhood, which we just we, we learned about. I get, I've said this already several times. Her childhood tragedy, becoming radicalized, joining Hydra, being experimented on and tortured in Hydra. 
and then ultimately falling in love with Vision and then having to kill Vision. Then him coming back only to watch him getting murdered again, starting to go mad. Then we have the events of, uh, uh, have the events of, uh, WandaVision where she gets her kids and all that kind of, and then losing them again, ultimately embracing this horrific character, becoming the, the, her destiny is a black. I mean, listen, the entire story of the MCU has been about the world is shitting on Wanda Maximoff and her, ultimately her story is a tragedy and it's, uh, and I love the way they brought it to its conclusion. I really did. All right. Uh, Russell Amador. Thanks for sending that in on Rog. Russell Amador writes, damn this awesome. Truly love the Sam Raimi take on Dr. Strange, especially zombie strange resurrection. That was pretty cool. Sadly felt Illuminati were jobbers though. Um, Here's the thing. You're not a jobber when you lose to a clearly superior force. You're not a jobber when you lose to a clearly superior force, right? So like if you're, you know, criminal number five and you run into Batman, you're not a jobber losing to Batman. If you're, I know the Riddler, and Superman smacks you around. You're not jobbing to Superman. That's a clearly superior force. Jobbing is when like you're taken and your only purpose there, even though you could have been a contesting force, you're just used to put somebody else over. While they were definitely there to demonstrate how powerful Wanda Maximoff was, I refuse to refer to them as jobbers because Wanda Maximoff at that point is the most powerful being in the universe. She defeats and beats everyone. Everyone, including Doctor Strange, including Wong, including all of Carmitage, including all of that, and including the Illuminati. And on that level, when you're losing to a clearly superior force, to me, it's it's not uh, jobbing. Definitely part of, just like Hulk, Hulk was not jobbing to Thanos. But one of the big purposes of Hulk, the purpose of Hulk at the beginning of Infinity War is to demonstrate to the audience truly how powerful Thanos is. That this is the most, well, you know, what they refer to him in Guardians of the Galaxy, the most powerful being in the universe at that point. That's what they called him. But we can hear that as the audience, but we got to see it. And what better way to see it than to have him fight Hulk? Hulk losing a fight to the most powerful being in the universe is not jobbing, but it did set an example of just how powerful it is. Because sometimes we as an audience, we can't just hear it, we got to see it. And to have Wanda then face the Illuminati and to truly let us understand that there is no hope in trying to go toe-to-toe with Wanda Maximoff and there's no better way to, exa- to give that as an example than to have her fight Charles Xavier, Reed Richards, Captain Carter, uh, Black Bolt, uh, 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 where am I going with that? Captain Marvel. You know, that's that. So I, I thought they were used perfectly. I thought they were used the exact right amount and then they moved the story forward. So anyway, that's kind of my take on it anyway, Russell. All right. Jay Master sends in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Jay Master, for supporting us on that level, man. And Jay Master writes, Hey, John, in a recent interview with Variety, Patrick Stewart revealed and teased that he will be leaving his options open for his return to the MCU as Professor X after he's done with Picard Season 3. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I mentioned that a little bit earlier, that but Patrick Stewart has said he's completely open to returning again. But that is not what makes Kevin Feige makes his decisions. 
Kevin Feige doesn't make his decisions on whether or not to use a character on if the actor is open to returning for the role or not. Um, but look, as I, to me, Professor Charles Xavier will always be Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart will always be Professor Charles Xavier to me, right? Always, always, no matter what they do next with X-Men. But Patrick Stewart cannot be our new Charles Xavier. Um, he, he just can't be. You can use him as a fun vision of the future here or there. You can use him as a good, quick cameo, as another universe's version of Charles Xavier if you want. But at this point, Patrick Stewart, even though he will always be my Charles Xavier, always and forever, you need to recast the role now for the Marvel Cinematic Universe's new Charles Xavier. It's got to be somebody different. So we'll see where they go with that. All right. Uh, thanks again for that, uh, Jay Master. Appreciate that, man. Jay Master. Uh, oh, that was the same one. Okay. Empire Fan 1980 writes, I got spoiled on the Fantastic Four reveal, but I freaked out when I heard the old X-Men song kicked in. I just started uh, the show for the first time. Again, I, that to me, like, obviously we were all expecting Charles Xavier to show up because we saw it in the trailer. But... Hearing that music was cool. Like I had no idea. Do 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 do. I'm like, oh, okay. I'd, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that put a big smile on my face, Empire fan. It totally did. All right. Ulysses Smith writes, um, the first end credit scene is set up for Secret Wars. I don't think so. Secret Wars is coming. I don't think that had anything to do with Secret Wars. I don't think Doctor Strange is going to have anything to do with Secret Wars. From everything that I've heard, he's not. I don't guarantee that. Not like I guaranteed that Deadpool was not in Doctor Strange 2. Uh, that I guaranteed. Right. I don't guarantee he won't be, but I honestly don't think Doctor Strange is going to have uh, much role in the um, uh, in Secret Wars. I think we already know who all the main players are in uh, in Secret Wars, and it's not Doctor Strange. Uh, again, I'm not guaranteeing that. I, I I don't know that for sure, but I, I'd be very surprised if it was. So, no, I don't think that had anything to do with Secret Wars, to be honest with you. All right, uh, let's see. Next up, we have Andy who writes, Doctor Strange turned water into wine. This makes sense since that means that Jesus Christ was probably the Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, there was a little biblical wink there, right? The story of water to wine. That's what he was doing. And he brought her up the wine. Uh, but yeah, did, did that mean that Jesus was the ultimate sorcerer supreme in that era? Maybe he was. Who knows? All right. Next up, Anrag uh, P writes, so as mutants can't just leap into a 616 as it would cause an incursion, I am curious to see what eventually brings them in and what Feige has planned. I mean, that has been the billion dollar question ever since Marvel acquired Fox. You can't say they were just always there. You can't just randomly bring them in or else that undoes all of their history. The challenge, I believe that this is the biggest challenge Kevin, creatively, it's the biggest challenge Kevin Feige has faced. How do you bring in the X-Men with it making sense and not undoing what their historical presence in the world was supposed to be? Because just saying they've been there the whole time doesn't make any sense. But just saying they just show up now, that takes away the historic relevance. So it's, I don't know how they're going to do it, but that is going to be Kevin Feige's big, that's why he gets paid the big money on Rog. All right, Andy writes, 
Um, I get why Multiverse of Madness didn't get past 80% on Rotten Tomatoes now. It's because Sam Raimi didn't even bother to play any Nickelback at the end of the movie. Damn right. You put a Nickelback, you get at least a 15% bump on any on, on any, uh, on any Rotten Tomatoes thing. Instantly, 15% bump with Nickelback there. All right. Devin writes, John as Reed didn't buy the fan casting at first, but now I can't unsee it from the small sample size. I loved him. Bring on secret wars. Yeah. Listen, I, it does not need, need to be John Krasinski. It doesn't. The MCU and Kevin Feige have always done a great job of casting their roles. And once they cast them, Oh, the hummingbird is back. Uh, once they cast it and we see them as the role, I'm sure everybody's going to love it whether it's John Krasinski or not. But if it is John Krasinski, this movie solidified it for me that I would totally be down for that. I mean, it doesn't have to be him. It can be totally be somebody else and be just as good. But if they do go with John Krasinski in it, and I don't know that they are, but if they do, this movie convinced me that he's great for the role. He would be a great Reed Richards. Somebody else can be great too, maybe even better, but we'll see. All right. Next up, uh, M Flash 100 writes, I thought the tone was the perfect blend of the MCU style we know and love and the Sam Raimi style. I thought the horror was the perfect amount. Yeah, I, I thought that that was a very nice balance. Again, I still feel that the entire second act was very unbalanced. It had pacing issues. It, it kind of threw, to me, the second half act threw the movie off its game a little bit. But once we get to the Illuminati and we start to race into the third act, it really picked up a singing. And I did like a lot of those elements, M. Flash. I agree with you there. All right, next up, we got Jacob Hirsch who writes, I wish they played more into Strange giving up the time stone. Why? A vision died twice because Thanos had it. Also, Patrick looked really old. It was sad. I don't think they needed to play into it at all. Like, like Infinity War and Endgame already made it clear. And then they addressed it at the beginning of the movie that that was the only way that they could win. I, I don't, I don't know what much more there was to talk about. Dr. Strange saw However million possible futures, you guys can tell me however many. How many? Come on, guys. I'll talk. What was it like? Four million, 21,000? I can't even remember. I think there was a four in there somewhere. Doctor Strange saw X number of possible outcomes, 14 million. I knew that there was a four in there. He saw 14 million possible outcomes, and out of the outcomes, there was only one. There was only one in which they were victorious. That's it. And that one included him having to give up the time stone as unfathomable as it is. The only outcome in which they were able to save the universe included the path that he had to give the time stone up to Thanos. And let's be honest, even if he didn't give it up to Thanos, Thanos was going to take it from him anyway. Right. The movies made that clear. That was the only option they had. And then at the beginning of Doctor Strange with his co uh, colleague from the hospital, he asked again, was that the only way? And Strange says that was the only way. There was no other way. So with that being so firmly established and they've already hammered that home so many times, I'm not really clear what the point of another scene of visiting that again. Well, why'd you give up the time zone? Because we already know the answer to that. 
They gave us the answer to that in Infinity War and Endgame. They gave us the answer to that again at the beginning of Doctor Strange. I don't really know why we needed what we would have needed to cover that ground again. But anyway, that's just me. That's just me. Thanks for writing in that thought, Jake. Appreciate it, man. All right. Next up, M Flash 100 writes, would love to see Raimi return to the MCU. I'm sure he will. Listen, this movie made $185 million opening weekend, which makes it the 11th biggest opening film opening weekend for a film in cinematic history. And it made over $450 million worldwide. I'm pretty sure they'll bring Sam Raimi back. I don't know if they'll bring him back for Dr. Strange three, or if they'll bring him back for something else, but I have a feeling we're going to see Sam Raimi back again. All right. Anrag P writes, uh, the last two MCU movies, let me try this again. The last two MCU movies have been so hyped up due to speculation slash potential cameos slash surprises. And now if huge opening weekends, a tool to keep using. No, um, because they've also had many other billion dollar films that have never gone. Oh, it's all going to be about the cameo surprises. No, no, no. That is a quick, quick path to ruining the MCU, in my opinion. If it just all becomes about, ooh, look, cam if, if, if this becomes the Marvel cameo universe, if MCU becomes about the Marvel cameo universe, that is the quickest path to the ruination of Marvel, in my opinion. Um, that doesn't mean you can't use it as a tool now and again, but they have had bigger movies, as big movies, sort of as big movies that, that didn't rely on that. So no, I don't think this becomes a pattern for them. Uh, at any rate, they, that's just me. Uh, let's see. Um where is it Kyle Grinder is it Kyle yes Kyle Grinder writes uh, thought the movie was decent but could have used more screen time as the movie felt rushed at times I disagree to uh, to be honest with you I actually feel like the movie could have been a little bit shorter I, don't get me wrong I'm not saying it should have been shorter but with the pacing of the second act I, I really felt like it could have been shorter this movie didn't need to be any longer in my opinion Felt rushed at times. Horror aspects felt forced at times as well. I disagree. Uh, but maybe it was just the Raimi DNA that I'm not used to. Maybe. But listen, just because I didn't feel that way doesn't mean you're wrong to feel that way. Not at all. We all experience movies in different ways. Something happens on the screen. It hits us all in unique ways. And if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. And you don't have to come up with a reason it didn't work for you. It just didn't work. That's all. For me, it did. And that's cool. And we all get to have an experience of the movie together. So, yeah. I, so, yeah, again, for me, I thought that the horror aspects did not feel forced. I never felt like the movie was rushed. Uh, as a matter of fact, at times, I felt like it lost its pacing. I felt like it lost its pacing a little bit in the movie. But that's just me. I mean, everybody else is going to feel differently, Kyle. And I'm glad that you shared your experience with it. Thanks for sharing that, man. All right. Jacob Hirsch writes, Cameos were what I thought TNA would get in... Cameos were what I thought TNA tits and ass would get in no way home. Not, not really sure what we're talking about, Jacob. Anyway, uh, M flash 100 writes for a doctor strange movie. There was a lot of running, walking and punching felt like a strange felt like strange used magic way more in the opening fight than the rest of the film. Well, not really. I mean, the only time that it was just a pure hand-to-hand -hand combat situation was when he was fighting Mordo. And the reason that happened that way is because they had he had the power dampener on him, right? So there was a scene there uh, where neither him nor Mordo could use magic. 
because they were a thing. Like Mordo was pulling out his magic sword and all that kind of stuff. But once he got that on, then it became a fight. I, I feel like he did use magic pretty much every other time, whether it's the musical notes fight, the using the the damned spirits. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like everything else he did there was kind of using magic. That's neither good nor bad, but that was just kind of my... Uh, Oh, a bunch of people writing in. Oh, Toby and Andrew, John. Okay, when you said TNA. Guys, please don't you just use acronyms like say Toby and Andrew because TNA, tits and ass. Anyway, there's that. All right. Uh, let's see. Thanks for that, M Flash. All right. Uh, Sean RB just sends in a super chat to be supportive. Thanks, Sean RB. Uh, M Flash 100 writes, John, you scared me a little with your review, but I love the Bruce cameo. For sure, could have been way better, but I love Bruce finally in the MCU. Yeah, listen. I was very much looking forward to seeing Bruce Campbell in the MCU. I, I, I love him as a performer. I love seeing him pop up and stuff, but I'm not going to lie to you, man. Yeah, his. I thought they could have made a much better cameo for him. I thought they could have made a much better cameo for him and done a much better post-credit scene for him. That's not Bruce's fault. I, that's just, I think, the writing, but that's just me. All right. Uh, Dad Jokes writes, who was the enemy of the failed Doctor Strange? Um... I sound like it was Thanos, wasn't it? The failed Doctor Strange was Thanos, that they were trying to figure out a way to stop Thanos. He engaged the Darkhold to figure it out, but the rest of the Illuminati were able to band together and defeat him himself, and then Doctor Strange was the the failed one, and they, they executed him. So yeah, it was Thanos. Uh, Sean W. writes, damn, Wanda went full heel turn. Absolutely. And that was the right narrative path for that character. And that that brought her to her logical conclusion and endeth the tale of the tragedy of Wanda Maximoff. All right. M Flash 100 writes, I can see Bruce, Sam and Kevin Feige just laughing at the idea of the second post credit scene, especially with how Bruce has talked about MCU movies. Yeah, maybe. Again, it just it did not work for me. Like I. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I know this sounds really simple and shallow, but again, I turned to Anna and said, we literally, we, I, I almost felt upset. That's like, I sat through seven minutes of credits when I could have gone to the bathroom because I had to go to the bathroom when I could have gone to the bathroom and already been well on my way home to eating some delicious ice cream. We, I sat here for seven minutes for that. I, again, it just didn't work for me, but I'm glad it worked for some other people. All right. M. Flash also writes, uh, what pictures did you and Rob see? We've already covered that. Uh, Addison writes, hearing the WandaVision jingle made me happy. Yeah, the bump, 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 when she's up and cooking for her kids. It made you happy, but you also knew it was a dream and it reminded you of her tragedy. And so was happy yet also sad at the same time. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Uh, next up, we have, uh, where are we at? We're at Siddharth, uh, Sri, Sri Ram, Siddharth Sri Ram. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not, but I hope that I am. Uh, writes, Hey, John and co love Dr. Strange two more than no way home. I'm glad that you did. Uh, eight out of 10 since 2017 or so IMAX 3d projections in India no longer have the darkness issue. That's good to know. Uh, non geeks may not like it a lot, but I hope MCU does not mellow down. Uh, love the theme of past trauma and letting go, which was foreshadowed with the 
surgeon and his cat slash brother. I would cut five minutes off the last battle and use it to explain Strange's love story and childhood. I don't think that was necessary. Uh, I felt Ned's magic ability was forced in No Way Home, hated it. Turns out Chavez was supposed to debut in No Way Home, but COVID ensued. Uh, fights against Captain Marvel, uh, Bandage Monster, or uh, Sidoreth, I think it is, uh, Bandage Monster and Carmitage filled me with joy. Yeah, listen, there was a lot in this movie to like. I mean, with all of the complaining I've done, in this video, like I didn't like this part of it and the pacing issues, hated the post-credit scenes, where the hell was Vision? You know, with all my complaints, with all my complaints, there was a lot to like in this movie, I thought. The Battle of Carmitage, I thought, was wonderful. I think the, the, the tragedy of, of Wanda Maximoff as a story is a really great story. I love the way Elizabeth Olsen was able to play that damage and that pain and where that brought the character ultimately. I thought the action was quite good. I liked, even though there was some, there definitely was some dialogue issues in the movie. I also thought a lot of the dialogue was really quite good. Uh, I, I love the Illuminati. So yeah, so listen, with, with all the complaining I've been doing about the movie, I don't want to lose... Um, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that there was a lot that I liked about it, more than I liked about it than I disliked. And I'm glad you're reminding me of that, Sidera. Thanks for throwing that in, man. All right. Matthew Grant writes, uh, do your children have a mother? Yes, good. There will be someone to look after them. Again, somebody else was writing about that. One of maybe that I'm not necessarily going to sit here and say it was the best line of the movie, but it was the top three line of the movie and really just showed you how, how much the veneer of goodness was gone like she was gone at that point like right she was just evil wanda at that point uh jj aguilar writes ralph bonner uh the movie uh most disappointed i've ever been in a marvel product saw as much saw a much better version of this movie two weeks ago in everything everywhere all at once well again i i contend the the ralph bonner thing in wandavision was brilliant it was masterful the ralph bonner thing in wandavision was masterful everybody was just butt hurt that that their theory that it was the real that they were bringing in the x-men and this is the real thing everybody was just so butt hurt that it wasn't that but i want to remind everybody again the moment ralph bonner showed up in wandavision the moment i got on the post the post-game show of that episode of WandaVision, I said, that is not the real Quicksilver. That is not Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. And I was, no, John, you're wrong. It is him. It's him. I'm like, I'll bet you anything that's not really him. This is the most brilliant thing that Kevin Feige has ever done in the MCU. It got everybody bought into it and blah, blah, blah. And then he ripped the carpet out from everybody. And then we saw everybody cry. It wasn't the real Quicksilver. I thought it was great. It was delicious. The tears were delicious. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, listen, not everybody likes this movie. Like, obviously not everybody likes this movie. And listen, I get it. There, there are definitely things, you've heard me complain about them. There are definitely things in this, um, about this movie that are not likable. And if somebody, there are people who walked away from this film just straight up not liking it. And I get it. I do. I don't necessarily agree. Like I still found it to be pretty entertaining at the end of the day, but uh, yeah, I get it. it's not for everybody and it wasn't for you. And that's the beautiful thing about the, the on-screen art, man. 
is that it all hits us in different ways and some of us will like it and some of us won't. And your 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 experience with it, JJ, is no less valid than my own. So uh, thanks for sharing your experience with it. I appreciate that. And I agree. Everything Everywhere All Once was not just better than Doctor Strange. It was better than every movie this year. Now, that, that to me is the movie of the year. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Jacob Hirsch writes, uh, I remember hearing that they reworked the end of WandaVision due to COVID. Maybe Wanda was supposed to have a different ending that led into that led better into multiverse of madness. Um, no, from what I understand, this was always like, this was always, it was always the tragedy of Wanda Maximoff. It was never going to be any other way. Um, it, it, this was always going to be the final conclusion of Wanda Maximoff. Now, again, I think it is possible Wanda returns like some other dimensional version of her, some other multi-universe. I think this Wanda is dead, but that doesn't mean there can't be 15 others um that comes back so you know we'll see we'll see okay next up we have uh that was jacob hirsch we have the darman and the darman writes i like the movie it was very sam raimi and i like uh i like it commits to it uh hope to see krasinski back as reed in the 616 fantastic four movie again i am not convinced uh that um, I am not convinced that Krasinski is going to be back as Reed Richards, but I'm totally good with it. After seeing the job he did in this, I'm totally open to it if he does. And, and to me, like I said, for me right now, I think it's a coin toss. I, I think it's a coin toss as to whether or not our Reed Richards and the 616 is going to be John Krasinski. It may be, it may not be. I'm totally fine if it's not John Krasinski because MCU always casts really well. But if it is, I'm totally open to that too because I thought he did a great job in this. All right. Uh, we got time for one or two more guys before we take, we've gone another hour we're getting, we're getting, we're heading into hour number four here pretty soon. So we're just going to take a couple more before we take another quick break. Uh, let's see. Uh, we've got Kyle uh, Ginder who writes, Thought we would see white vision or a variant of vision and the Illuminati was way overconfident think they could stop Wanda. Well, but remember, they had no Scarlet Witch in their universe, right? They had no Scarlet Witch. They, they have no concept of a being. Remember, the Illuminati killed Thanos. You kill Thanos, you're going to feel pretty good about your chances against anybody else. And while they have a Wanda Maximoff in their universe, they did not have a Scarlet Witch. So I can understand, you know, once you kick Thanos' ass and kill him, you feel pretty good about your chances. Uh, but also, I think one of my big complaints about the movie was that it did not make any sense to me that Wanda would not at least have 5% of her attention looking for another vision, considering she was out looking for another version of her pretend kids. So to me, that was a big glaring weakness of the of the movie to me, Kyle, and I wish they would have addressed it. Even in just like a 15-second line of dialogue, I wish they would have addressed that. All right. Uh, Siddharth writes, I liked how Wanda ripped apart the Illuminati. I know they play a bigger role in comics, but it was the logical conclusion, else it would be plot armor. I agree. And remember, that is another universe. That is the 838. That isn't our universe. So they can definitely play a much bigger role later on if they decide to form, if Doctor Strange, now inspired by what happened in the 838, is now inspired to come back to our universe and form an Illuminati, they'll definitely play a bigger role. 
But in this movie, they shouldn't have played a bigger role because the movie is not called Doctor Strange and the Illuminati of Madness. It's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and they were just a plot device there to move the story along, and I thought they did a good job of that. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got J.J. Aguilar, who writes, Deranged schizophrenic YouTube comment trolls headcanon shouldn't make more narrative sense than a $2 million MCU film, but here, here we are. Again, I disagree with you. I think the movie made total sense with a few major holes. The movie itself makes total sense. It is the story of the tragedy of Wanda Maximoff, and it led to its ultimate conclusion. And on that level, it totally made sense, and it absolutely worked. But there are holes in the story moving along the way, like the lack of vision, pacing issues, the post-credit scenes made no sense, blah, blah, blah. But besides all that, the basic framework of the story absolutely 100% made complete sense. Wanda, after the events of WandaVision, again wants to quell her pain by going out and finding an avenue to quell that pain to hell with whoever it hurts. She finds a way to do it. She prefers, she pursues that way, is stood against by Doctor Strange. It leads into a chase throughout the multiverse. Ultimately, it catches up with them and they have to have a final confrontation. The story structure makes absolute sense. Most of the of the fan fiction stuff online did not make any sense. But that just because the structure made sense does not mean it didn't have its holes. And it absolutely did have its holes. And I've, I've talked about that ad nauseum already. Anyway, thanks for sharing your thoughts there, JJ. All right. The Philosopher's Take sends in like a $20 super chat. Thank you, Philosopher's Take, for supporting our channel on that level, man. And Philosopher's Take writes, uh, we are desensitized to how trailers affect the film-going experience. Imagine if we saw this movie with no trailer reference uh, of the Illuminati in any way. It would have been one of the most impactful scenes in MCU history. Would it, though? I don't agree. Because I think a lot of people in the audience have no idea who Black Bolt is, have no idea who Captain Carter is, because a lot of people, most people did not watch the What If animated series. I, I really don't know that it would have, to be honest with you. And remember, like I did a movie called Movie Trailers, A Love Story. Uh, I talk about it all the time. And one of the things that some of our film historians point out in that is that movie trailers used to always give away the whole movie. Like that's what movie trailers always used to do. And Listen, the job of the movie trailers is to sell the movie. And, and here's a truth. Now, look, I don't like the fact that they're giving away more in the MCU trailers than they ever have before. But here's an absolute truth. Here's an absolute truth. Before that trailer came out, where you heard Charles Xavier's voice going, we should tell him the truth. Before that trailer, nobody was talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I may not agree with them putting Charles Xavier in that trailer, but agree with it or not, the amount of buzz there was for this movie was inconsequential next to the buzz for the movie after that trailer came out. That's a fact. What And, and I remember on the John Campia show, some pe a lot of people sending in questions and saying things like, ah, man, I don't know if it's just me. I'm just not feeling anything for the new Doctor Strange movie and blah, blah. And we got a lot of that. There was not a lot of hype for the new Doctor Strange until 
that trailer came out. And so you and I can together wax poetic about how, you know, we agree with Kevin Feige that now Marvel is putting maybe too much and showing too much stuff in their trailers and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is this movie got like 80% of its buzz after that trailer. And here's the other thing. Disney and Marvel saw, remember, Sony did all the marketing for Spider-Man No Way Home, right? Marvel had nothing to do with the marketing for Spider-Man No Way Home. That was Sony. And what happened with that? Disney and Marvel sat back and looked at Sony market that movie. And guess what? Spider-Man No Way Home became the second biggest opening in cinematic history. And I don't necessarily love the way that Sony markets their stuff. I definitely feel like Sony probably does show a little bit too much in their stuff. But Disney's going, damn. In the pandemic era, they had the second biggest opening in the history of cinema with the way they did it. And it's not a coincidence that Doctor Strange's marketing campaign looked a lot like Spider-Man No Way's home marketing campaign, more than it did look like other Marvel stuff. It looked a lot more like Spider-Man No Way Home's campaign than any other Marvel's campaign. And so, yeah, on the one hand, philosophers take, I don't really know that it would have been the biggest thing in cinematic history if they had not. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that because I still think a lot of people had no idea who Black Bolt was. I think a lot of it would have been mitigated. But again, while I in spirit agree with you that they shouldn't have maybe made that into the trailer, you and I can't deny the results. I'll go so far as to say this. This movie makes $140 million opening weekend instead of $185 million if it weren't for that trailer. We'll never know for sure if that's true or not, but all I can tell you is anecdotally, before that trailer, buzz for Doctor Strange was about here. After that trailer, the buzz was here. And that's what marketing's for. So I, I agree with you, man, but uh, it works. And they're in this to make money. And this that uh, thing definitely made them money. Okay, guys. Uh, we've, we're now done with hour number three. We are now heading into hour number four. And as I said, every hour, we're going to take three to five minutes so I can rest my, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm starting to feel it. My, my voice is starting to go a little bit. So we'll see how much longer we can go here, but uh, we're going to take another quick break here. Run, use the bathroom, grab yourself something to eat, talk amongst yourselves, but don't go anywhere guys. Three to five minutes and we will be right back. All right, everybody, and we are back as we roll into hour number four of our Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness open spoiler discussion. Uh, this uh, video is now officially over an hour longer than the movie itself. Uh, I'm going to let you guys know there there is uh, no uh, physical way uh, that I'm going to be able to get through all of the remaining questions that we have here. There will be a part two to this. Uh, I'll see if I can get Rob to do part two so you can hear a different, a different uh, perspective on it than just me. But my uh, now that we are over three hours into this, my voice is starting to go a little bit. So we're going to get through a few more here, as many as I can, before I feel like my voice is truly about to give out. And uh, then I will tap out and we'll pick up with a part two uh, sometime in the next day or so. Okay, for for now, let's keep going to it here, shall we? We're going to pick up things here with Carol X, who writes, 
I was disappointed by how Wanda's growth in her series was diminished in Doctor Strange 2. I don't hate the movie, but because of WandaVision, I would purr it if it didn't exist. I hope they fix this. I, I'll i be honest with you, Carol. I don't know what you're talking about. I what I Forgive me if I'm making an assumption, if I'm presuming too much. So, so forgive me. I'm just going to say this. It seems to me, and maybe I'm incorrect about this. It seems to me what you're saying is you didn't like that she went bad. Because Wanda's growth, this whole movie is Wanda's growth. This whole movie is is the logical conclusion of the storyline that we started with, pardon me, in Avengers Age of Ultron, through Infinity War, a Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, WandaVision, all of that has led us to this. Now, I get it. You, you may not like the fact that, that it ultimately ends up being the tragedy of, of Wanda Maximoff. But I think this movie did not just abandon her character. This was the conclusion of that story, at least in my opinion. And maybe I'm misunderstanding you, which wouldn't be the first time. But so maybe I'm misunderstanding. But it, it, to me, this was absolutely the clear uh, way that this was this whole thing was going. And, and it, I thought it was a beautiful ending. I really did. But that's just me. Thanks a lot for sharing your thoughts on that, Carol. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, Tim Platt writes. I'm still not sure which cameo I was more amped for, up for. Reed Richards, which I was hoping for, or Anson Mount as Black Bolt. I never thought they would bring him back. Dude, you, I clearly, I was like, now granted, we're talking about a minor part of the movie, like a quick cameo, but still, still, I, I, I admit it. There were a number of times on the John Campus show when people wrote in and say, well, you know, Black Bolt's on the Illuminati, and he is in the comics. Black Bolt's part of the Illuminati. Uh, so you, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we could see uh, Black Bolt on the Illuminati and uh, Doctor Strange Two: The Multiverse of Madness? And I'd be like, No, no. Oh, Kevin Feige wants nothing to do with Inhumans. The way I Pearl Mutter screwed him over, and he wants nothing to do with that. Uh, yeah, I said that a couple times on the show. So. Yeah, clearly, Tim, I was extremely surprised to see Black Bolt on there. Pleasantly, hey, listen, I thought it was great. Particularly, his death was awesome, but also seeing how he killed Doctor Strange. I'm sorry. And he just evaporates him. And then his death scene, yeah. But uh, yeah, Tim, I was uh, I was totally surprised. I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't. Uh, Tim Platt also writes the X-Men thing. Yeah, I, man. The second time I saw that movie, it had even more impact on me. When Professor X shows up in that music plays, even a more impact. Tim Platts also writes, this is Black Bolt. One sound from his mouth will destroy you. Dr. Richards, you just felt <laughs> you just fell victim to one of the classic blunders. Never get into a bed with a Sicilian when death is on the line. Yeah, look, again, I know a lot of people, somebody wrote in earlier and said, well, you know, for being the smartest man in the world, telling her how to defeat Black Bolt was kind of dumb. But again, they had no exposure to Scarlet Witch. She didn't have a reality stone in an Infinity Gauntlet. There was no reason why they would have thought she has the power to magically make his mouth disappear. Like they, there was no reason they should make that assumption. But yes, did kind of give away. I mean, Black Bolt literally just should have s stepped up and said, you know, fuck off, boom, 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 and never, that's, he shouldn't have talked, but again, Reed Richards was trying to de-escalate the situation, he didn't want to kill Wanda, he was just trying to talk her down, 
I get it. But that would have been... What if? Because listen, a PG-13 movie can have one can have one F-bomb, right? Um, could have one F-bomb. How great would it have been if Black Bolt just stepped up and went, fuck you. And it's just boom, 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 boom. I thought that would have been pretty good. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Cap Avenger 93 writes. Already a fan of America Chavez, Mr. Fantastic was wasted in that fight against Wanda. Not at all, uh, in my opinion. Love the new studio, John. Bring on the filthy. I, I mean, how was he wasted? I mean, what is Reed Richards physically in a fight going to do against Wanda Maximoff? Not much, right? The, the purpose of Reed Richards was there so he could be the one to give the uh, explain the narrative about what happened with the previous Wanda, all that kind of stuff. And he fulfilled all that purpose. The combat fight should have been with Cap. I mean, Captain Marvel is the one that really should have the big part of the combat. Uh, Black Bolt, he either shouts or he doesn't. And so they had to kill him off pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they needed a longer fight with Mr. Fantastic. Again, the movie was not Doctor Strange and the Illuminati of Madness. The movie was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But that was just me. Uh, let's see. Uh, where are we at? Um, okay, yeah, that was Cap Avenger. Next up, uh, Sidorath writes, uh, do you see Easter egg vids to understand all the references. No. Uh, I saw one from New Rockstars. Uh, it is so enlightening. Uh, it sheds light on the logic of the music battle. The music also reminded me of Adam's family. Yeah, but here's the thing. And and, and again, all due respect to New Rockstars. As a matter of fact, New Rockstars and, and I, we have the same uh, uh, advertising managers. We're, we're under the same management thing. At any rate. The thing, though, is it reminds me a lot of... Uh, I remember when the Matrix came out and then the Animatrix came out, right? Remember that when the Animatrix came out? If you need to watch something else to understand what's going on in a movie, then your movie did a bad job. And yeah, now listen, that doesn't mean that everybody has to understand every little nuance. And again, I appreciated the music scene. I did. But if somebody needs to go and watch an Explano video in order to get it, then that's a problem with your filmmaking more than anything else. And that I kind of felt that way about uh, um, uh, the stuff with Animatrix as well. Like if you need something else to make your movie make sense, then the problem's with your movie, the problem's not with the audience. But anyway, yeah, listen, Marvel loves dropping lots of Easter eggs though. And if it's just Easter eggs to give you a little bit deeper of an appreciation, that's all good too. And New Rockstars definitely does a good job with making that sort of stuff. All right, next up. And my voice is now going, guys. Uh, King Tantic writes, one of two. In Loki, Loki variants are played by different actors and look different. Not all of them. Some of them did. Uh, by different actors look different. The same is, is true in No Way Home. But uh, in What If and Doctor Strange, uh, the characters are played by the same actor in every universe. Is this something they are aware of or is it speculative uh, spe uh, spectacle over substance? That's a big problem for me with the multiverse stuff is like, how come so many look exactly the same? Like, okay, here's this universe's version of Mordo looks exactly the same. Here's this universe's version of Peggy Carter looks exactly the same. Here's this universe's version of Christine looks exactly the same. Here's this universe's version of Dr. Strange looks exactly the same, but in others, like here's that universe's Spider-Man. Oh, completely different. 
completely different guy. Right? And not like the Captain Marvel version, because in that universe, just a different person took on the power than the person who did. But it's not like it's the Brie Larson character who just looks different. Right? So sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's, it's something I... I hope they kind of rationalize out at some point. At least that's my my guess there, King Tantric. Thanks for writing that in. All right. Fang Blaze writes, I enjoyed the movie, but was quite disappointed. That's understandable. Like, like you could, like, people misunderstand the, the term disappointed. Disappointed just means you were expecting this and it came in under what you expected. So, like, I've said about movies in the past, oh, man, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. But at the end of the day, I was a little bit disappointed. And people go, oh, then that means you hated it. No, no, no. I still think it was a good movie. It's just that it wasn't as good as I was kind of hoping for. So even though I walked out a little disappointed, I still enjoyed it. I still had a good time. And I think I would say the same thing about Doctor Strange. Like I was hoping for a little bit more. I was hoping for a little bit better. But even though it didn't live up to what I was hoping, where it did come in, it was still good. I, I still liked it. I went back to see it a second time. I'll probably go see it a third or fourth time. So yeah, I'm with you on that thing, Blaze. All right, next up, uh, Andy writes, he may not be the right guy to be Sorcerer Supreme, but he is the Wong guy. Uh, a lot of people thought Wong was going to die in this movie. Like, he's got to die so Strange can become Sorcerer Supreme. It does make me wonder, because Wong is becoming more and more important to the MCU. He's kind of like becoming a new Nick Fury in that he's kind of becoming some connective tissue, like hence his appearance and importance in Shang-Chi and things like that. So, but it does make me wonder how and why at what, because at some point they've got to pass the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme to Doctor Strange, right? I don't think they necessarily need Wong to die to do that. So it does make me wonder how will that mantle get passed to Strange without killing Wong? So I am going to be really curious to see um, how they do that. I'm going to be really, it's going to be neat to see how they do that. All right. Uh, Michael Brandy writes, uh, hello, crew. Love the flick. Love seeing unhinged Wanda like in the comics. I made folks in the movie. I made folks laugh in the movie when I said why in almost 20 years I see Pat's pro X die i'm sorry michael i have no idea what you're saying i made folks laugh cry in the movie when i said when i said why in almost 20 years i see pat's pro x die three times in movies i'm not okay are you saying You've seen Patrick Stewart's Professor X. Oh, guys, please don't write in short form. I've seen Perf Patrick Stewart's Professor X die three times in movies. Yeah, 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 yes. We've seen him die several times in movies. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've seen him die a number of times. We saw him die in Logan. We saw him die in X-Men 3. We now have seen him die in this one. That's just what he does. Pat Professor X dies in movies. All right. Next up, Fang Blaze writes, I felt like the movie was very rushed. Oh, I completely disagree. If anything, I think it should have been um, should have been shorter. Yeah, because one of my big problems with the movie was the pacing in Act Two. 
nothing else about it felt rushed at all. Everything happened in a very clear cadence. Anyway, that's just me. I felt like the movie was very rushed. I think it needed to slow down a bit and have some time to breathe. Also was weird not seeing Vision at all. Again, the Vision not being there to me is a massive, massive hole. That's a massive problem. Because Wanda is clearly fixated and obsessed on Vision. She even mentions in this thing, don't talk to me about sacrifice, Stephen Strange. I had to blow a hole in the head of the man I love and it was all for nothing. And yet where you're going through all the multiverse, you don't even take a second to see if you can find the man you love. But you're looking for the kids. I get it that the kids are a bigger importance to her because she's a mom, her kids. But Vision, you're not even not like not even an afterthought. And who the fuck is the father of these children? It's not Vision because he can't have kids. So I mean, very interested in that, but I disagree with you completely about it being rushed. As a matter of fact, like I said, one of my big problems with the movie was the entire second act had a real pacing problem. To me, it just grinded right down to a halt, moved very slow. It to me, it kind of threw the uh, the movie off its track. Uh, to me, that was a big problem in the movie. So if anything, I thought it could have probably shortened the movie up a little bit. But, but that's just me. We all look for different things in movies. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that, Fang Blaze. All right, uh, Fang Blaze also writes. You were in my dream. That's definitely not something you should say to a 15-year-old Stephen Strange. That's definitely not something you should say to a 15-year-old Stephen Strange. But I have to say, I loved America Chavez. I did as well. I really, really did as well. And uh, this whole idea about dreams, this is another contradiction, right? This movie establishes that our dreams are our looks at our multiversal selves. Okay, great. Then explain to me, Kevin Feige, who I love, explain to me, Kevin Feige, how you say at the WandaVision or, or at the Doctor Strange 2 premiere that all this multiverse is set up because of the events of Loki. Okay, sure. So are you telling me that nobody dreamed before the events of Loki? Like not to mention the ancient one who says there's always been multiverse. Ancient one said there's well, going back forward, there's multiverse and different levels of reality and blah, 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 blah. Ancient one said that in another one of your movies. So at some point, he's going to have to explain what that what he means by when he says, oh, multiverse became possible because of the events of Loki. Well, then what's everything else? You say in this movie that all dreams are peace. So even when Wong says, so that dream of me when I'm running naked from a clown that happens in one of your multi-universes uh, multi selves. Okay, so okay, so nobody dreamed before that? I, again, it's just a little problem that they're going to have to fix and work out, I think. All right. Um, let's see. Remember Bulldog writes, and my voice is really starting to go now. Uh, Remember Bulldog writes, this movie never felt like it was rushed. That's one of the criticisms that people said that I never felt that in my opinion. I agree. I mean, like I said, I felt the opposite. I felt it had pacing problems in, in points. I never felt like anything was rushed. Every narrative point that was important to the story got played out and brought to its conclusion. I never felt at all it needed. I felt it, sometimes it took too much room to breathe. Mm. But that's just me. All right, guys. I'll do one more because that's all I've got in me to do. Uh, and then I'm going to have to wrap this thing up. Uh, the Illuminati's arrogance came back to bite them when Strange tried to warn them. And if you notice, they never work as a team when they fight her. Well, no, that's not true. The arrogance thing, yes. Because you got to remember, this group beat Thanos, who in their understanding 
was the most powerful being in the universe. And they have had no experience in their reality of anything being as powerful. So I get that. The, the arrogance part was definitely played a part. But they did start to fight as a team. Remember, when it was down to Captain Carter and Captain Marvel, they were coordinating their attacks. But they never really got a chance to do that as a larger group because before the fight even started, she had killed Black Bolt and Reed Richards. So that was kind of off the table. Now, when it came down to it, Captain Carter and Captain Marvel were kind of coordinating their attacks, but it was that. But arrogance was definitely a part of it uh, for sure. Uh, oh, that was from Remmer Bulldog, by the way. All right. I said that was the last one, but this will be the last one. Al Renshaw writes, Elizabeth Olsen for Best Supporting Actress. I, I, I don't know about that. Maybe by the end of the year, like I said earlier, if the Academy Awards were tomorrow, yeah, I would say that she was one of the top five Best Supporting Actress performances in a movie this year. Yep, I would agree. If the Academy Awards were tomorrow, will it still be up there by the end of the year? Don't know. We'll have to see. And guys, with that, we will wrap up three and a half hours of us talking about Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. There are many more questions to come, guys, but my voice is about to die and, and give out. So what I'll do is I will get Rob to do, we might even do two more parts of this. We might break this into two more parts. But for now, we got to wrap this thing up. But do not worry, a Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness open spoiler discussion part two will come in the next day or two. Keep your guys' eyes open for that. We'll get all caught up on these things. But for now, guys, that'll do it. For our open spoiler discussion of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday and hanging out here with us as we talked all about it. I cannot believe how many of you guys were here in the live chat uh, here on a Sunday as we were doing it. Thank you so much. Big special thank you to all of you guys who had sent in Super Chats for this. Number one, because you give us great fun things to talk about, interesting observations about it, different points of view. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. But secondly, thank you for that because you supported our channel as you did it. And all of us involved at the John Campy channel Thank you guys so much for your support. Okay, guys, don't forget to come back and join us tomorrow as the John Campia Show returns. We hope to see you guys there. Obviously, we're going to be talking about some Doctor Strange. Got a number of other things already lined up. Big box office numbers, all that kind of stuff. Hope to see you guys there as well. Guys, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the thumbs up. If you're not a channel member, hey, maybe go ahead and become a member of the channel. That would be pretty awesome too. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for me for now. Thanks a lot for being here. My name is John Campia. My voice is almost gone. And until next time, my friends. Bye-bye.